episode 154 justin's here i'm here jesse's here what's up nick no here what? Nick gone. what nick where's gone? he at? again where nick is <sighs> this you know is what that you, you must have uh you must have started cutting back on his paycheck dude. I, d- I you know what i did i tried to explain it to him as best i could but he just wasn't having it <laughs> he must have lots of flights to give up that's all i can say <laughs> Because <laughs> he knows what that means when he's gone for a week. Actually, but now you were gone last week, weren't you, Dan? No, I was here. No. Yeah, I was here. No, you weren't. I was. I don't here. think you. Uh, you I don't you think may you have been here in spirit, but you were certainly not behind the mic. <laughs> All right, yeah, let your me voice ex- was not. Do, here. do you remember the intro? Uh, now uh, I got it. Let me ask because you are the Danimal. <laughs> How did I do on the intro? I. You know what it it it. It had it started out kind of funny, but it just literally fell flat on its ass after about three minutes. Did it? It just kind of died. <laughs> and, and and it's not your fault. It was Jesse's and Nick's fault for not playing along long enough <laughs> and letting it run its course. We, we definitely left you hanging a little they bit. They kind of just left you hanging. Well, they kind of heard the V word and they were like, damn. I know. They got, like, with this? they got like scared and shit. I know, but I was I I was not behind the mic, but I did get to listen to the show on Saturday, and it was a good one. I thought you guys did good. It was a, I kind of wish I was there actually because what a great conversation that was. Did you want to give some input on the blades when while you were listening? I you know I I actually was the one my only input that I would give that I you guys kind of alluded to but I maybe would have stressed a little bit harder and it's speculation. So maybe this is why you didn't. The simple matter of the fact is if it is indeed true. And again, like I said, guys, listeners, you guys, it's all speculation. There's no way to know this. If it is true that Duncan is flying a blade that is not representative of what the average consumer can get. That's a, that's a no go in my book. That, I mean, you know, it's just the way it is for me. Great big negative, huh? Huge yeah. negative, dude. Come on now. Don't know if it's true, so we don't know. I mean, and uh, I think Nick, or maybe it was you, Justin, brought up a really good point about uh, maybe he is flying a different blade, but maybe it's maybe he's alpha testing. Yeah, he's something. testing it. So it's, it's tough well, to I say. Well, I sure hope someone speaks up and tells us what's going on, because I haven't seen anything yeah, I didn't in the last see anything. week. And that's kind of the, that's that's not to harp on last week's topic, but that is kind of the, that is kind of the rub, I think. Don't you guys think? Where is spin in all of this? You know what? Yeah, exactly. I mean, come on. You know, it looks better. I think for them to just say, "Look, there's something going on. We're we're work, we're looking into it. When we get to the bottom of it, we'll let you know." Yeah, leave it at that. 
Yep. Let it die. Whatever. Fix it. Whatever you got to do. But anyway, that's enough of that. Good, good show. Too bad I wasn't there. But I just wasn't. I had sand in my my vagina, apparently. I know. <laughs> but you used the baby wipes, right? Um, You're good to go. I found them a little stingy. Because the sand was fairly coarse. <laughs> I had to just sit in a hot tub. Uh, I had to just sit in a hot tub and let gravity take over. Let us oh, 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 dude. <laughs> oh, it was fun. But though. we're all clean now. Yeah, we're all good. And we're ready to go. Uh, Until next week, and then I might get more sand. Okay. Uh, but what did you do? What, what, how was the week? No, and, and for the record, you might think I'm curious about last week, but you missed out because you weren't here. Well, I don't yeah, exactly. just tell us about this week. Well, yeah, I we can, just want to hear. I'm going to tell you about last week. It's real simple, and two words can sum it up. No fly. No fly. No fly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> two words Not can sum up. Not even flying? Uh, you know what? No. Uh, dude, we're, we are in crisis mode. And uh, I can get into that in a little bit here, but those same two words sum up this last week for me as well. Oh, oh dude. dude wow. It's, it's rough right now. Um, I, Something cool did happen. I don't know if you guys got in on this, um, but you know, our buddies down in Arizona, the warm weather dicks of mm-hmm. Arizona. Did you guys get one of their shirts? I didn't. I want I did to. Not. Now that I see them, dude, they yeah, are look awesome, sweet. dude. Did you get one? I dude? bought one. You bet. You man, it showed up the other day, man. And I got to tell you, what a great shirt! It's got the throwing down year round on the back. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, WWDs of Arizona. That's a pretty cool <laughs> shirt. So you guys suck for not not supporting those guys. You know what I thought was funny though, right? Is that they posted up a picture of them, or actually a number of people posted up pictures of them wearing their shirts. And I was like, dude, I want one of those shirts. And they said, Oh, don't worry. We're gonna get a run going in a little while in in white. Oh, and you then it dawned one? on me. They are warm weather dicks of Arizona, and they made a freaking black shirt. Yeah. What the hell? But that works good for me up here in Montana. Yeah, it does. But for them, it does because yeah, you need great. all the heat you can get. Yeah. But but yeah. it just didn't didn't make sense. You know what? I never thought about that. But you're right. Jeez, <laughs> the heat's gone. Yeah, I'm to gonna their, get one. The, the the heat's gone to their brain, and they're just not. It is. Straight. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, who in their right mind wakes up at? 4 30 in the morning to go flying from like five to seven yeah does that even sound enjoyable That's, oh we have, no. we have like, to get out there at four in the morning before it gets a hundred and some degrees out at 10 yep. a.m and we can't fly anymore i know I, I get that i do and i think i think that's horrible but here in about four and a half months <laughs> they are totally going to be throwing that shit in our face oh yeah Oh, yeah. It's true. It's What is it up there? 15 degrees and two feet of snow? Oh, well, oh, geez, it was a nice, balmy 71 here today. <laughs> uh, well. Hmm. I, keep, uh, I did ask, um, you know, kind of going back into the week, we, we did get some nasty weather. Uh, Ken got a bunch of snow already. Snow. And it was like 47 degrees here. And uh, got down to 20 degrees three nights in a row, guys, already. 
Yeah, that's oh. it's 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 winter, dude. Yeah, and I gotta tell you, you guys skip fall, don't yeah, you? Yeah, there's not, no fall. Not typically, usually falls really nice. Like the weather has been really great. Tomorrow it's supposed to be fantastic. But before I get into that, I'm I'm really pissed off at Carrie Shirley. Uh oh. Yeah. Mm. What did he so do? So he's what you know hell? he's rubbing it in, sending me emails. Oh, here it's going to get cold. Uh, oh, it's about, uh, you know, 85 degrees here today. And then uh, I said to him, Harry, let me move in with you. And he flat <laughs> out refused. So, a little pissed off at him. Man. Anyway. So work, yeah, just real quickly. Uh, don't know anything about CNC machining. Learning, quickly. One of our machines went out. And uh, it's been hell at work trying to get everything. What going. are we seeing? Seeing? Uh, we are seeing seeing airframes and various other components. For... Airframes of your design? Yes. Ooh. Yes. The Dank Reed Special. The Dank Reed Special. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. We got um, we got a couple big octocopters, a couple hexacopters, and one really big. Uh, quad with about 23 inch blades damn jeez so you know that's it, it's it's actually really tough you know it's really hard to uh to cut all that out if your mill's down just saying <laughs> I, I tried to get out an etch-a-sketch and make it happen it just wasn't working so it, I don't know. It's rough. We're that, and that's kind of what's been going on. That's why I haven't been able to get any flying. In. Not even flying of those what shall remain unnamed. So you've literally been two weeks or more without even touching a transmitter. Uh, no, I touched one. <laughs> oh, jeez, come on! <laughs> I I took my battery out and I ran it through a few cycles to keep it healthy. Oh yeah, so your your lipo and your transmitter doesn't die. I don't use a lipo in my 14. I use a uh, oh, that's right. Bed. But been talking with Ed. Of course, he's flying the planks. He's given up on helicopters. I'm desperately trying to get him to sell me his 7 HP at an amazing discount. Probably won't happen. But he called me in the middle of the week, and he said, where have you been? And I said, well, I've been doing most of my flying during the week, which I do typically, uh, except for the last couple of weeks. And not necessarily flying a whole lot on the weekends. And um, he said, well, you got to try to come out this weekend. Weather's supposed to be fantastic. Brought the trailer home. Typically, I'll leave it at work on the weekends. Everything's sitting out front. Um, tomorrow morning, going to get up nice and early. Head to the field. And uh, get some flying in, finally. And just for fun, no, those what shall not be named are coming with me. And are we flying nitro? Are we going to fly some electric? We're, are we doing a little bit of both? We're going to be doing both, but you know what? We are going to pull the neglected nitro out and remember oh, why. yes. And remember why we fly it. Good. There we go. Um, it's been, dude, I don't, I seriously, it's it's got to be two months since I've flown the nitro. Wow. It's been all electric. All electric. It's just too easy at work. Electric's too easy. So, hmm. what's oh, your timeline on the Evo? You know, I don't know yet. 
soon, hopefully. I, uh, I kind of dropped the ball. I need to get, start gathering, gathering gear. And you had something of, you had a ESC available to, but I just for, kind of forgot all about it. And I uh, assume you sold it by now. I did sell it. Yeah. Sorry, dude. Nah, that's all right. I take, take the first, you know, cash is king, man. I, um, I, like I said, I got, well, I got the servos to put in it. I need to figure out a uh, motor and, um, and then, uh, you know, a few other little components and, um, then just finally make the purchase. So awesome. There you go. But <laughs> there is a, there is a big, but to this, uh, seriously, if, if, if Ed makes me an offer that I can't refuse on the seven HP, mm-hmm. it would be silly of me to pass that up. Define can't refuse. I mean, let's get specific here. Yeah. You know, details. I, <laughs> you, oh, so we're talking ready to fly, ready to fly, ready to go. You and that's how you want to buy it. You don't want to get like the airframe no. and then do your own thing. No, because I'm I'm the one who built it. <laughs> is that is it's not still in a crashed state? Is no, it? no, it's it's all ready to go. Okay. But, um, the only thing I don't like about it, it's got a compass motor on it. Mm. I don't necessarily dislike that, but I would probably switch it out. You know, I don't know. He he kind of hems and haws around it, but uh, uh, chances are he's not he's not going to. But I'm going to kind of rub him. Try to. He's gonna do it. We'll see. Yeah, persuade him. Don't rub him though to persuade him. Yeah, you don't. don't, you don't that's uh, <laughs> you don't, don't to touch him. him at all. It's a little <laughs> too explicit. <laughs> don't for this show. Don't touch him at all. Yeah, just leave him. Leave him the hell alone. <laughs> yeah, don't even really whisper anything either. Just, just communicate to him just, via text. Yeah, text or normal vo- talking volume at, at a safe distance. At a safe distance. Yeah. At a safe distance. <laughs> yeah, that's that's it right there. Jesse's got it nailed, man. <laughs> Jesse, did you did you you've been through some type of training on this subject, or I'm just just stick to what I'm saying, Dan. Just stick just, to what I'm saying. Stick. I mean, we've all been to a fun fly with Ed. <laughs> yeah. Does he get a little touchy? I never really noticed. Yeah. Yeah. Not with me, but uh, just saying. Uh, well, let's see. So. Got the shirt, got no flights, no flights, which sucks Poor for me. Dan. I know, right? Where are we at flights wise? Uh, we're, the, I think we're at 414, if I remember right. Okay. 415, somewhere in there. Um, I know I heard uh, Nick last week kind of jumped up past me. He's pretty damn yeah, determined. He's, he's coming fast. Yeah, I'm gonna. Dude, He's closing the gap on Jesse too. I yeah, uh, he is. I plan on flying the Goblin tomorrow as well too. I uh, I'm God. I'm just really looking forward to just just flying and not having to be worrying about other things in the day. So, flying to fly for the enjoyment. Wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man. Wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man. Wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man. Hi, I'm Justin Pucci, and despite what you may think, I'm not here to talk to you about wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube men. What I am here to tell you is that the guys over at Rotary Wing RC are stocking up on all forms of heli goodness and passing the savings on to you. Need a fly barless system? Joe and Kyle have Bavarian Demon, Skookum, and Icon. Looking for a heli? What about Gowie or one of those Garbins? Servos? Look no further for BK Servos and MKS. And who could forget the German amazingness that is Contronic? 
I sure can't because I just bought three of them. So head on over to www.rotarywingrc.com and get yourself loaded up with awesome today. Okay, Jesse, you go next. Ooh. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll go ahead and go because I'm, you know, I'm really hoping that I'm putting my faith in Justin this week. I'm I'm really hoping that he's going to be able to turn this around because, much like you, Dan, I we're going to have to split a no fly card this week. Wow! Right, I just I finally it's like last week I don't even remember how many flights it was. It it was a fair amount of flights the last two weeks. I'd been adding to that total, you know, really trying to put the distance between. You know, trying to pull away from Nick a little bit, not going to lie. And, you know, he staying right with me. This week, nothing. It's killing me. I had some, I uh, had family come into town all last weekend. They actually got in Friday night right before we, we recorded the show last week and stayed all the way through the weekend. And so uh, when they're here, um, I'm I'm the host. So that means uh, no going out to the field. So. Well, so hang on. You could host them a bar or a little picnic out at the field. Could host them a picnic out to the to the field, but you know, I, do I don't know if that's their if that's their idea of <laughs> let's go see our son for the weekend. <laughs> watch him fly helis. <laughs> I mean, watch him fly helis. Yeah, m- maybe. Who knows? Who knows? I'm sure I could have snuck it in. Maybe got in a couple, but just wasn't in the cards last weekend. So no flights um, over the last week. I don't remember my exact flight count from last week um but didn't add You're to the f- it so. high 400s like 470 something or uh, i want to say it was 66 something like yeah. that and i and and dan i challenged him to ooh, ah, this is good i'm glad it's we fit, brought this was up. it fifth 550 flights 550 before the end of september you know it's not a challenge if there's nothing at risk you can't just say yeah. i challenge you there's got to be okay. Well, you challenged me. What does that mean? What do I get if I win? I didn't hear bragging any of that. rights. No. Yeah. See, but it, it's not really a challenge in the sense like, okay, He's Justin, a poor are you going to student? No, I'm no. not going to. I'm not going to ask him to give me, you know, a hundred dollar set of blades when he loses. Yeah, that would be cruel and unjust. I'm just saying. Uh. <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. I, I mean, but a challenge. Both people have to put something on the line. So. I mean, is your challenge you're going to get to 550 flights by the end of September too? Because I mean, I'll take yeah, I'll take that not, on. Sure, that's not going to happen. <laughs> so you win. Congrats, dude. Because really, it was just him just calling me out. There was really no no that challenge. It was a one way street. Yeah, it was I'm very... okay with admitting that. So the challenge was uh, you're going to be able to do it there. Uh, what do you think? Well, 500. That would you know, it's about another 80. Four flights, something like that. Uh, next I'm in the go next ahead two and say weekends, it's not going to happen, dude. Yeah, it's the next you were two confident weekends. Before I was but. very confident before, um, you know, school. <laughs> I hate to use this as an excuse, but man, last semester at school, this last week, can you say homework and projects and yeah, just not good. Lots of time-consuming stuff has been laid on my plate. Do you need to borrow borrow my but, baby wipes? And the hot tub. Could you send that over? <laughs> Remember the college student thing? <laughs> yeah, I got a place yeah, for the that. Hot tub. I'm gonna I'm gonna add that to the uh to the notes. That's a good one. But clean it out first, please, Dan. Yeah. Please. <laughs> Vacuum out the sand, please Dan. Clean out the hot tub before. We don't want to risk him getting infected with you can, whatever you, you can had use in the there. baby wipes to clean out the hot tub. There we go. Yeah, I could, but I like my so, hot, I like my hot tubs nasty. You know, like let's let's check in next week. I'm not, I'm not going to comment about my confidence level at this point in time. 
Confidence is low then. It is. <laughs> it is. It's not as high as it was last week. It, I, I wouldn't classify it as low yet. Um, right. Not as high as last week. But over the week, I, wa- I did get a chance. I was, so I pulled the 7HV off the shelf and set it down on the bench. And I noticed that the elevator pin was tweaked on it. So the pin that comes off the back of the swash plate that holds the swash plate straight goes in the anti-rotation bracket. Mine was slightly bent. Hmm. And so I figured this is still like a version one where the, I believe the, when the 7HV was released, the sw- the size of the screw for that pin was a two millimeter screw. Since then, they have updated it to a two and a half millimeter screw. And it's a, com- it's one solid piece. So it's a solid ball, solid pin screw. And I, you know, went ahead and drilled and tapped that out and said, you know, since the old one was bent just ever so slightly, might as well get that thing upgraded. Um, I know we had heard of a couple people having some issues, not, not a widespread thing, but a couple people here and there. So figured Me? might as you did. You remember? Yeah, dude, it was small. Oh, yeah. over like a year well, or see, two I, ago. The, I do remember, but I was not there. I just remember Nick calling me. Like oh, I yeah. just you, hit four hundred five. Yeah, you didn't see the crash. I, I did not see the crash. That's right. Yeah, and after looking it over, that's the only thing we could come up with because basically yep. what had happened was that little screw had bent almost at like a ninety degree angle, and the swash yeah. just spun around. But the you know the only conclusion I can really draw draw from this is i know justin can miss some loctite every now and then yeah, so oh, you know come on we do but have see, some data to support the evidence does not cause it to bend evidence is not conclusive but it could um, bend after situation. it loosens a little bit and then comes yeah out. yeah yeah you never know <laughs> oh. no so that's what we should get it, we should get uh justin some loctite for christmas Lots of Loctite, yeah. yeah like a, oh, like, Nick already covered that, dude. He got me like an industrial size bottle that he uses at the auto shop. And this, it's nice. like eight ounces of Loctite. Nice. Blue Holy and God. red. Well, you know, Ed could use that on one build. Really? <laughs> yeah. Does he, does he put it in a bowl like he, when he's doing it? He loves the Loctite, man. Just soaks he just the tosses in all it. the fasteners yeah, in the bowl. Just, and fills it up with Loctite. Good to go. He uses like a hypodermic needle to fill all the ho- all the bolt holes. Oh, <laughs> fills them up. It just spooges wow. out the side. It's like dripping out. Yeah. So you There's build like the white alley. crusty shit all over his airframe. Right, right when you get done building, you already have to go clean it. Yep. It's like just he's a big fan immediate. of Loctite. Doesn't want that shit coming out. Nice. And then my my last piece of news for this week. Started out as some not so good news with a phone call from the airline company. And you know, we all know this. We're all taking a trip in December. Mm-hmm. And this isn't really the time when I want to get a phone call from an airline company that I'm supposed to be flying with in December to a certain helicopter event in Orlando. And they broke the news to me that my flight had been canceled due to a scheduled plane maintenance. And that they had conveniently rescheduled my flight to leave Saturday, Saturday evening. How convenient is that? <laughs> yeah, that's great. They, had, they, conveni- they assumed that that would work perfect for me. So, gave them a call. And after some arguing and negotiating on the phone, I was able to actually get my flight moved forward. And I will actually be in Orlando earlier than I was supposed to. Nice. So, it looks like I'll be showing up Friday at 
four now instead of Saturday just ridiculously early in the morning. So which which prior to this was all my school schedule would allow, but now that we're a little, you know, into the semester, talked to some professors and got you know, got the okay to miss Friday, move some quizzes around, so very good. That is nice, awesome. Dude. So it, it ended that up working good. out. Yeah, I'm I'm pumped about that. So almost feels like I'm gaining an entire another an entire day at Orlando. Yeah. So it's still going to be a rough trip, but it'll oh, be better no than doubt. it was going to be. Yeah. No doubt. You know, just getting there before it gets dark out on Friday. We'll we'll see. Like I said, it'll seem like I gained so much. <laughs> well, I'm staying down there so, for a week. Man, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I can't believe you're staying yeah, down there. For I don't a week. even want to hear about it. Why? Why? Why can't you believe that? That's are you know? I I feel like you might be overstaying your welcome. I don't think so. With, with Joe and with Florida. Well, no, no, no. He has a he has a goblin. And no, all he has a goblin. Oh, yeah, Damn, goblin. Be, they, he'll they, be fine. Yeah, but yeah, here's the deal, though, Jesse. He's going to bring the goblin mm-hmm. in an attempt to fit in, right? <laughs> and he's not going to. And fly it. and and the deal is that in Florida, these are true goblin people. They're going to see through that. They're going to look true. at his 500. They're going to realize that it has been abused and downtrodden. They're going to see the they're ancient gonna dust. They're going to see it. Yeah, the, the, the thick mm. dust on it and, and the discoloration in the paint. Well, that would mean it's that just, it's been flown because it's out in the sunlight. No, that means it just sits there just watching you fly there. your nitro. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I tend to agree, Justin. That, you know, when you're around true people like that, they're going to see right through that. Huh. I don't know. That I, front is not going to work. I, I think I can pull it off for a week. I think I can. I wish you luck. I think I can. Well, I'm going to be there for a grand total of about 60 hours. Huh. That doesn't sound like much. And long. there will be about 12 hours of flying on either end of that 60. This doesn't, Just saying. It doesn't seem right. Mm-hmm. Seems like they could get an airplane to Orlando from Seattle fairly quick. Apparently not. I wish. Yeah. I don't even know how oh, long. Well. I don't even know how long my transit time is. I, I haven't even looked. I you know I don't care. See, but doesn't, doesn't yours matter. is smoothed out by the longer stay, though. Yeah, you've got some time so to it's, recover. Yeah, it's, it's Nick uh, and I here. Let let's 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 do oh, this properly geez, here. Okay, like, bitch, and it's about to go down. <laughs> my God. Nick and I are leaving at seven p.m. Thursday night Seattle time and arriving at six in the morning Friday Florida time. Okay, then. We're going to go straight to the field, kick ass and take names, and do the whole fun fly until Saturday night, and then we wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning on Sunday, or we don't wake up because we may still be awake, and then get on a plane at 5.30 in the morning and uh, fly back to Seattle. What do you think about that? I don't know, man. Action-packed weekend. It's going to be a blast regardless. Oh, dude, I I cannot wait. Yeah. Well, that's all I've been up to, guys. So, Justin, you you about ready to turn this thing around, dude? I am because I am not taking a no fly. This I actually got some flying in RCHN history right here. It is, dude. It is (laughs) in the (laughs) show. And and here's the thing: like, did Nick fly this week? We don't don't know. know. But I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) As far as we know, he didn't. Yeah. Because he's not here to tell us. <laughs> I got out and flew last weekend. It was nice. absolutely beautiful. This time without any wind. I mean, I, I don't understand what's going on here. These last two years of summer have been amazing. 
I mean, we're here now probably most we're most of the way through September and here in Seattle, we're still getting like greater than 80 degree days. I, I mean, it's supposed to be 85 this weekend. Yeah. September 20th or whatever it is. It's blowing my mind, but I'm not complaining. I got out to the field last Sunday. Now, granted, I wasn't there for a long time. I was just doing some testing on the TDR. I had mentioned the previous week that my Friday off, I did some testing on the KDE motor, the 535 G3 in the TDR, and it was getting a little toasty. And mm-hmm. so I had a, a Scorpion a 4530-540 limited edition motor, actually the same motor that I flew, I was flying on my Goblin Speed for the review. Figured I'd pop it in and give it a try. And it, it turned out that it, it is running cooler. Okay, so for the time being, I've decided to stick with the Scorpion. Now, before people come and crucify me on that, let me be clear about <laughs> what we're talking about here. All right, so speed flying is high current for long periods of time. What's the difference between the KDE motors and the Scorpion motors? The Scorpion motor I ran was a single strand solid core wire. What that means is that the stator area is more open and it allows better airflow. So it's it's not an efficiency thing per se. It's just at the efficiency of the of the motor to cool itself under those continuous loads and so patrick's designs are amazing they're stranded wire which for partial load is actually much more efficient than a solid core and so for 3d they are the shit like that's the way you want to do it and they're super powerful but for speed the stranded just doesn't make sense and so for the time being i'm going to run the the 45 35 40 see how it goes I got the uh, Rob McQuillan heat sink for the motor mount. So that should keep things cooler Mm. still. And I installed the new hard dampers for the rigid head. So it's a, it's one of the wobble heads where the spindle uh, or feathering shaft is actually bolted into the head on a little bearing seesaw. Mm -hmm. And so I put the stiff dampers in. So now it actually doesn't wobble hardly at all. And then the heat resistant uh, drive gear so that it can handle more power. And I'm going to go out again this weekend and I'm going to beat it up a little bit more. I am loving this. Awesome. Dan, you have to get one of these. No, never going to happen. Dude, why not? It's not that I don't dig it because I do enjoy watching it It, for two or three minutes <laughs> okay well that's all that the flight lasts well, here's so the, continue. Like, you're, you're good it's, yeah it's, dude i mean <laughs> okay have you ever been to a planker event when the guys bring out those big turbine jets yes they're they're really cool for about the first five minutes then it then it's kind of like watching nascar oh look look he's turning turning left oh look at that that's fair turning left again that's fair I'm okay, okay on top of that, that, on top of that, the, the speed thing is cool, but here's what it boils down to. And it's simply a limitation thing for me. I would never, I would lose it on the first pass because as soon as it went past me and started climbing, I would lose sight of it and it would be gone forever. Yeah. You've mentioned that before. That's I know that's, that's why even if 
I were an extremely accomplished pilot, I would not want to fly anybody's speed because I would, I would be so tempted to just open it up. I almost, <laughs> I almost promise you I would lose it. <laughs> that's fair. And that's really, all I hear you. Down to. I've heard that feedback from a lot of people, but you know, they sound cool. They look cool. And, it, and especially when you get a good, when you get a good run and that thing is just screaming across the field, that is impressive. But I just know my limitations and I know that I would not be able to track it. it w- I would need to put a NASA with a return to home on it. <laughs> Where'd it go? I don't know. Flip the switch. Flip Here the switch. Comes. It'll come back. <laughs> so it, it's funny, though, that so I showed up at the field. I did one set of speed passes and then all the flights that happened after that were my friends flying speed passes with their helis. So it's catchy, dude. Yeah, you know, and I could. I, I had could, Rex out there speeding around on a Gowie X5, and yeah. Lottie was flying the X7, and we had a 450L Dominator. And see, I could get into doing that with my electric helicopter, with the one I currently have, because I know that I it's not going to open up so incredibly fast that I'm going to lose it. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not going to lose it on the far end. I, I just, I, I'm comfortable with that. Maybe it could get used to it. And then I think that, you know, maybe I could start off slow and just because you know what it's doing. And we all have those flights where, I mean, typically I'll lose orientation in a flight often, but it doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) That is confidence inspiring. Dude, tell me. Remind me me not to stand close to you next time I fly. Dude, you seriously tell me that when you're flying. You're like, I don't, I can't exactly see what it's doing, but I know exactly where it's at. So everything's fine. Tell me you don't go through that. That does not happen to you. Not regularly, I, man. I do, but you, I wouldn't Jesse? call it, I wouldn't call it losing orientation. It's yeah, more it's not- holding the maneuver because you, you know, the manu- you know, the stick movement to the maneuver. All right. Well, um, call it what you will. That's what it is. That's what it boils down to. I mean, I, there are many times where I, I'm just like, well, I know what it's doing. I don't know exactly where it's at, but I know what it's doing and it's nothing to worry about. And that's fair. And and I think if that's the way you approach it, regardless of how you're flying, whether it's 3D or speed, then generally you're probably okay as long as you're not doing anything crazy. But I, I can offer one thing to you in terms of being able to see it on speed. I've been messing with the, the reverse half Cuban 8s and that keeps it at a reasonable altitude, dude. And that means mm. that you don't that? have to take it up nearly as high to get the same kind of speed, and I guess you're have flying it. it through the whole maneuver. I guess I'd have to see it in action, uh, that particular maneuver. Mm-hmm. I do know that watching you do it in the past at our fun fly and various other places, I I typically always on the left side. I will lose. I will. It'll get to a point where I'm just like, dude, I I, I can't even see it. I have no idea what's going on. Well, but I don't ever hmm. seem to lose it on the right side. Huh? That's interesting. All right. I'm, well, I'm weird like that. It's okay. <laughs> Everyone's got a good side. Yeah, I just don't. I just. I just don't go. I don't ever swing too far to the left. How's that sound? Good call. That's. I. I think that's reasonable. <laughs> I think that's reasonable. Good. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> uh. I take it you have experimented with it, but but you know what side you should be on, and that's... Hey, you know that's your limits. That. Yeah, that's yeah. good. It's good. Yep. 
that's about all I've got, guys. I got some flying in. I am at 301 flights. Oh, my God. You so broke I the have 300. officially broken oh. the third century by one. You still suck, though. I do. I'm, I'm okay with that, and I'm still planning out the scrotum trophy. Yes. I get probably a, a couple of emails or, or PMs a week about, now more than ever, about suggestions for different uh, different scrotums on the trophy. Here's what we got to do. One listener actually sent me a picture. I think, was this Antonio's? I think it may have been Antonio's, of a dude wearing a backpack yeah. shaped like a hairy ball sack. <laughs> did you guys see that? I did see that. Here's, here's what we ought to do, though. Jesse, we ought to draw one up and then have uh, CPO put it on his 3D printer for us and make it. Mm. Oh, dude. Yes. That way we can a get 3D printed nut sack. <laughs> awesome. Go. All right, Chris, I will be getting in contact with you this week. You could get all veiny with him shit. (laughs) 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 Hot glue some lint to it. There you go. Yeah, why not? (laughs) Maybe clip some some fur off your cat and hot glue that onto it. I just got to trim my beard a little bit, dude. There you go. Be all set. Yeah, you got lots uh, of pubic hair in your face. Yeah. <laughs> so does that about wrap your week up, dude? Or you got anything else exciting to say? No, not not uh, not really anything else. I'm just looking forward to getting some flying in this weekend. Hmm. I just made an executive decision. What was that? I'm going to switch it up a little bit today. Okay. Before we go into the news, mm-hmm. we've been talking about doing a quiz show for two weeks. I think we're just going to go ahead and play that before we go into the news. How's that sound? What do you think of that? Let's do it. All righty. So Dave was uh, kind enough to stop by, give the old college try, see how they did. Hey, Caleb, would you mind uh, charging up my batteries while I pack up all my helis and other gear so we can head out to the field? I would love to, if I could figure out how to work this charger. It's so confusing. You really need to get yourself a new one. (laughs) You don't have to tell me twice. I know exactly what I'll get. I'm going to head over to revelectrics.com to order myself up a brand new dual PowerLab 8 charger. With the pre-programmable menus and the endless customization, it's extremely fast and easy to charge nearly any battery. Thank God. Hollywood, it's the Nation versus Citizen Quiz Show. With your host, Dan Reed. And his wonderful co-hosts, Nick, Jesse, and Justin. And now, here's your host, Dan Reed. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. And welcome to the Nation vs. Citizen Quiz Show. 
here we are again, guys. It's time for the quiz show. I know we've been saying for a few weeks we're going to do one. You know, I, who do we have on the line for the quiz show? Well, we got dude? we got Dave. Dave, what's Dave? up, y'all? Oh, got Dave. Dave. Dave Bartley. Where are you from, Dave? I am from Vacaville, California. Vacaville. I've been there before. Have you really, dude? Yeah, it's on the interstate. You know, right off the interstate. Yep. Yeah. Dave, are you citizen number two eighty four, dude? Yes, I am. <laughs> Justin, oh, Justin is on it. He's on the roll. He's on. He's it. got the list memorized. That's right. <laughs> All right. That's because he posts pretty awesome pictures of his sexy goblins with his citizen number on there. Yeah, I'm looking at one right ah. now on Skype. Kind of looks like a little bit like a like a pedophile. Hadn't. <laughs> Hiding behind a bit, hiding, hiding behind a big goblin with uh, <laughs> funky glasses on. What's going on there? Nice. You, got a, you got a bag of candy in your pocket there, Dave? No, it was at the bench that day. It was at the bench. You, you drive. <laughs> you drive to the field. You drive to the field in a white van with no windows. <laughs> Actually, I do drive a white van to the field, but it has windows on it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, like I said, we've been uh, contemplating getting this done for the last couple weeks, but uh, well, since Nick's not here, I'm going to go ahead and throw him under the bus. It's his fault because I didn't have stuff that I needed, and of course, he, you know, I mean, he's not here, so we might as well throw it on yeah, his it was shoulders. Something like yeah. he didn't, he throw didn't away. mail it to you, did he, dude? No, he did. Uh, it got held up in the post office, but I'm still going to blame it on him because he's not here. It yeah, just yep. seems like the thing might to as well. Do. Yep. Yep. Dave, we're gonna have you pick who you want to go go up against first. Uh, whoever goes first gets ten questions. The second uh, person, whoever you know, if you pick uh, one of the guys first, uh, you'll come in next, and then you'll get the very same questions. One who gets the most right out of ten wins. Now, if one of our guys win, Justin or, or Jesse, they don't get they don't get Jack. They don't, nothing. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but Shoot. If, should you win, should you win, you're going to get a $50 gift certificate to a hobby shop of your choosing. And Sweet. just for just for even showing up tonight, you get a hat. How cool is that? That's awesome. I need a hat. I keep getting my head sunburned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you need a do-rag. I'm looking at your picture. You need a do-rag. <laughs> what's that i said will it help him break away from the pedophile look yeah but looking at the picture of course it's uh i don't know what that's called chromograph you know it's kind of i don't know maybe negative is that what that's called oh yeah yeah, uh, yeah so yeah, yeah. but just looking at what i'm seeing from you know the computers you know a couple feet away i'm thinking yep. it may go less pedophile and more redneck Okay, I think that's uh, a good that's, direction. Yeah, that's an upgrade. <laughs> All right, what you do want you want to call it? That. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, guys. So, Dave, who uh, who are you picking tonight? Uh, I feel like going with Jesse. I guess. Yeah. yeah. So, there we go. All right. Stuck under the bus right now. All righty. So, Jesse, let's do it. Um, well, who's going first? I was going to say... Dave gets to choose. Who's yeah. Going, who's going first, man? I'll let the youngster go first. Ooh. Oh. Go. All right. Let's do it. So, Dave, what He's I'm going to... breaking you down already, Jesse. Dang it. Now These, I don't get to cheat and listen Stay in. strong, buddy. These are hard questions, too. <laughs> so, Dave, what I'm going to do is mute your mic, and then I'm going to make fun of you for a little bit to make sure you can't hear me. Okay? All right. 
Dave right. is a pedophile. <laughs> Jeez. I, well, he'd say something if he could hear us. He yeah, he'd defend himself. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. So I'm yeah, going to keep good. score. Okay. Right, what do I got Jesse, like 30 seconds a question or something uh, like know, that? I'm going to, if, if I feel like you're kind of, on, you know, typically it's five or so seconds, but if I feel like you're. Maybe just I can about, talk it out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, talk through it. Okay. We're not going to. No, you know, we're not going to let you talk it out for 15 minutes. Oh, dang. Okay. All right. Here we go. Question number one. Yep. F3C world champion. Uh, is F3C class a team competition or a solo competition? Team. It's both, dude. It's individual and team. Trick question. Oh, yeah. So I get half points, right? No, you don't get any points, man. <laughs> All right. So sticking with that. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Jesse, your score is zero. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you, Justin. All right. All right. So uh, move, staying with the F3C theme. Mm-hmm. We're talking about teams now. How many team members on oh. each team? <laughs> Hmm, let's see. I'm going to have to go with five. Ah. Three. Three. So, uh, so just to keep up, your score is still zero. No, still hold zero. On, hold on. Yes, it's zero. Good, good. Okay. It's, it's not golf. You're going for the lowest score. <laughs> yep. Oh, shoot. <laughs> okay. All right, you didn't along. go over the rules first. So I didn't, Question I didn't number know. three. Here we go. Question three. Who was the founder of Urcha? The Academy of Model Aeronautics. Nope. Don Chapman. You're you're never gonna get this one. This is number four. Oh, I told man. you these I mean, are hard these questions. These are cruel. I'm not gonna get any of them. Yeah, here we go. You know, there's some in there. You're, you're, there's a couple. Toss me. There's a, there's a few gimmies in here, but this one is not All a right. gimme. Are you ready? Okay. Yeah, I'm ready. What year was the grand opening of the AMA in Muncie, Indiana? What? Um, let's see. Nineteen. <laughs> yeah. Sixty-four. No, nineteen ninety-two, June thirteenth and fourteenth. Still zero, dude. dude. WTF, man? Yeah. I told you these are hard ones, man. These are cruel. These are very cruel. All right, here's one. If you don't get, I'm gonna make serious money. All right. A line makes helicopters, right? Yep. What else are they known for making? Vacuums. Very good. Very good. Dude, Dan, that question sucked. I, well, it was you got to have a couple <clears throat> gimmies in there, right? Oh, he, t- he didn't get it, Jesse. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. It. it is a nice play on words. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. I was too busy thinking about the next question because I'm at a bit of a disadvantage. I didn't write the actual answer for the next question, but I know what the answer is. Okay. Okay. I don't know if I like that. I don't know if I feel comfortable with that. All Go right. ahead. Let's see. What? Is a Chinese weight mod designed to do? Ah, it is designed to reduce the stress on the tail servo Very by adding good. little washers on the tail blade grips there on the outside. Go. Those were all the rage five years ago, guys. Yay. I used to have them on my helicopters. All you right. got two, dude. Here's one you there might we be able go. To, here's one you might be able to get. In 2006, who designed the Synergy N9? Matt Bodos. Nope. Jason Krause and Todd Bennett. Oh, that's... Trick question. It was a trick question, Dan. I know. And that was before I even started flying. All right, here's another one, man. Where was Burt Kammerer born? 
I feel like this is a trick question. Well, in the United States. Nope. Nope. Germany. Dude, you suck. Dude, I don't just stalk people all day, man. <laughs> Two points. How many do we have left here, Dan? You're, Two, you're, more. <laughs> Two more. Two more. Two okay. more. Two more okay, questions. Here we go. All right. This one, I, if you get, I'll be very surprised and impressed. Okay. What year was the first RC helicopter flown? 19... Mm, like 78. Nope. Justin, do you know just off the top of your head? Uh, I I don't. I'd guess it was probably in the late 60s. 1941, Arthur M. Young. Okay. See, here's the problem with these. They all rely on knowledge prior to five years ago. So what, man? You're supposed to be all and about this hobby. You remember how I told you during our Urcha trip that like <laughs> the the like old people history bullshit <laughs> is not my bag. All right, one more question. Let's, let's and then George this. wanted to punch me. <laughs> okay, because <laughs> he's old. All right, dude, this one you should be able to get. Okay. What does PPM stand for? Oh wow, I cannot dude. think of them. You know what it is, but you just can't think of it. I bet. But yeah. Time's up, dude. Yeah, that's fine. Pulse, something, something. Position modulation. Yeah. All right, let's bring Dave back in. Let's see if he wants to know your score. Dave. Yeah, let's yes, ask him I'm that. here. All right. Do you want to know Jesse's score? Uh, No, not yet. You don't? Are you sure? Okay. 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 Yes, I'm sure. Part of my it'd, mental it'd warfare. Be, it'd be pretty intimidating, so I would not want to know it either. That's a good <laughs> call. That's a very good call. <laughs> gotcha. Jesse, Jesse's, Jesse's trying to get into your head. All right, man. These ten questions—they are—they're—they're um, they're a tad bit on the on the difficult side. We'll see how well you know your heli history and uh, other things. You ready? Some on the dark side. Here we go. Ready? <laughs> I'm ready. Okay. The F3C World Championship, the FC3 class—is it a team competition or a solo competition? Solo. Bah, it's both, man. Come on now. <sighs> Okay, sticking with the you F3C know, this, stuff. See, that's a, that's a douchey question because it says that, or. It because says you say this or. or this, and they trust you, Dan. Well, that's... Yeah, I mean, they a, trust you implicitly because you're Dan. I-I-W-I-I, bitches. <laughs> oh, oh, you did oh. not just do that. He did. Oh. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So sticking with the Your F... Your score is zero, Dave. <laughs> sticking with... Who watches FC3? Questions are irrelevant. Uh, now it's important. It's part of a helicopter hobby. Here we go. Oh, wait till you hear the next one. All right. On the team competition, how many members are on each team? Is it multiple choice or do I have no. to just think of a number? Think of a number. Three. Very good. Oh. <laughs> oh. Nice Ooh. guess. Very good guess. All right, man. You said that was a guess. Did you, did you know that or did you actually like? He Three delivered left, like, it confidently. Was kind of, you, guessed, you, know, you guessed. I had to go with it, yeah. All righty, man. One point. Who was the founder of Urcha? Is it someone's name? Yeah. Or? yeah. John Johnson. Nope. Dang it. Don Chapman. Wow. Oh, another, his, another history question coming on here. It's horrible history. What year was the grand opening of the AMA in Muncie, Indiana? 
1981. 1992. Oh, damn. <laughs> your number, your no, you're just picking that number just didn't work for you that time. Yep. <laughs> right. We can agree that a line makes helicopters, right? <laughs> yeah. What else are they known for making? I want to say a joke, but it probably probably counted as wrong, so I'll say multi-rotors. God, we might have to take that one. They are known for making multi-rotors. Oh, they're also known for making ago. appliances as well. That's the one we were looking for. But oh, gonna, there you go. I'm going to have to take, because, yeah, that, I mean, yeah. All right, well, are they, are they really known works. for it? Are they known for it? Yeah. They're, they're not really known, but <laughs> <laughs> I stumbled across that at one time. All right, here we go. What is a Chinese weight mod designed to do? Modify weight. Mm, more specific. A few more seconds. Uh, center of gravity. Dude. <sighs> Chinese weight mod is designed to take the stress of a tail servo. Hmm. How many do we have left? You got two points, Dave. We've got one, yeah, two, three, well. four left. All right. Okay. In 2006... Who designed the Synergy N9? Nick Maxwell. Nope. Jason Krause, Todd Bennett. Okay, here you go. What? Uh, where? Where was Bert Kammerer born? Uh, I know this. Um, I want to say Cuba, but. I don't think it was Cuba. That's pretty damn close. He was born in Germany, but raised in, I don't know if it was Cuba, but some South American country. Venezuela. Venezuela, yeah. Oh, okay. So that's a no-go there. All right, man. Here's uh, another history question. This this one goes back a bit. So uh, here we go. What year was the first RC helicopter flown? This is weird. I was just thinking about this the other day. Uh, This is a question that all heli enthusiasts should know. Well, I knew it at one point. Um... 1977. Nope. 1941. Arthur M. Young. Whoa. Okay. Okay, last question. Where are we at? How are we? St- what's the standing here? What do we got, Justin? Two points. Two points. He's got two points. All right, man. Do you want to know my score now? No. All right. <laughs> here we go. Last question. What does PPM stand for? Uh, proportional beep. Proportional. Ah, oh, yeah. Pulse position modulation. Oh. All, right. All right. So where are we? Uh, where are we standing Uh-oh. here? <laughs> How many? Dave has two points, and Jesse has two points. Oh, another tie, and tie goes to the oh, listener. Suck that tie bad. goes to the listener. Tie goes to the listener. That means you win a fifty dollars gift certificate and a hat. How cool uh, is that? We. I wish I could have repped my uh, my flying field a little better, but I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, Dave, thanks for playing along, man. Thanks for being patient for with us. By the way, too, I know we've been trying to get this uh, put together for a few weeks. <laughs> we no, no problem. <laughs> we got it all settled in. Congratulations, man. Thank you. Thank you for all Good you guys job, do in the hobby, too. All right. Hey, no problem. Thank you. You know, there aren't many companies that can honestly say they offer a complete spectrum of helis from beginner all the way to expert. 
Well, Blade Helicopters can not only make that claim, but they can most certainly back it up. Whether you're looking for your first collective pitch heli, like maybe the 200 SRX with self-leveling safe technology, or you're ready to step up and play with the big boys and get the 700X Pro Series, you'll be sure to find a Blade Heli that will fit your skill level and budget. From little kids to big kids, Blade's got something for you. So fly on over to www.bladehelis.com for more information. You guys both suck. Ben, I hate you. (laughs) Trust is gone. Uh, I mean that that all was trust rough. is gone. That was a tough. That one. was really rough. I don't think that many people would have got many of those questions right. In fact, if you you just listen to it, go ahead and post up on our Facebook how how you did because we all we, let's face it, everybody who listened kind of kept the mental record of how they did, mm-hmm. right? And be honest, be honest about it. Post on our Facebook page how you did, and um, we'll see. Maybe. Uh, if you can be, if you can be, we do everything on the honor system here. If you can be honest about it and you happen to do real good, we might throw you a shirt or something. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. We'll see. Hey, you never know. Who knows? Man. I'll be honest. I probably would have only gotten two or three myself. I would have got them all right. Well, oh, I wonder why. <laughs> we are going to switch it up though, Dan. No. Yeah. It may not be the oh, next yes. one, Dude. but you will be eligible. See that? Okay. Here's the deal. Um, the game show idea spawned in, in my noggin. Mm-hmm. That means I'm exempt from the humiliation. Does that exempt you? That exempts I me don't from so. humiliation. You guys really want to give away a fifty dollars gift certificate every time I do it? <laughs> well, if you keep on coming up with questions like that, we're gonna do it anyway. <laughs> well, actually, here's what we sh- we need to. Oh, here's what we need to do. Okay, we need to. We're gonna have to do a little backtracking. We need to kind of go back to past episodes where we've done that and uh, keep a record. And we could have another trophy to the one who lost, one of us who lost the most quiz shows in the year. Yes. All right. Jesse's already, I know he's like giving away two so far. I think so. Uh, I think Nick is giving away two as well. uh, Nick, if he has, he's won. I know that he's won at least one. I think he's one and one. And I think I'm. I I think I've only done one and I won it. Oh, so you're ahead on that one. Yeah. See. Yeah, bitches. <laughs> you may get me on flying, but uh, I got this brain shit covered. <laughs> <laughs> you got shit in the brain. That's uh... <laughs> that that too. <laughs> yeah, we ought to do that. We ought to look that up and uh, keep track of that. That'd be kind of fun. Come up with something, some some incredibly humiliating trophy for that as well. And we got to make sure Justin gets it as well because he needs the he needs both trophies on he his needs mantle. To clear, yeah, awesome. two spots That's on his great. mantle. Thanks. Perfect. <laughs> two scrotum More trophy. balls. This one can't be a scrotum trophy. I don't know what this. What's is. it going to be? I don't know, man. Uh, I really don't. Well, let's put some thought. Maybe some advice. Okay, if you're listening, uh, yeah. give us some ideas. We need trophy ideas. We need a trophy idea for Justin. Because uh, uh, here's what I noticed, though. It, it, I feel like people will be targeting Nick. Do you guys have that? I just have that impression. 
Because I know Dave was... Why do you say that? Well, it just feels like Nick is the one to challenge because Dave was actually going to challenge Nick before he realized that Nick wasn't here tonight. Hmm. Justin's had one challenge because they don't want to go up against the rocket scientist. Right? Yeah, I guess. Yep. And, uh, of course, Jesse, he's an engineer as well, so he's obviously got a little bit of brain power. Then there's Nick, you know? I'm not insinuating anything. I'm just saying. Poor Nick. Poor Nick. Mm. How well, many it's, flights it's gotta are we be removing a good from this week? Yeah, we got to come up with something. We got to come up with something good. Minus 10. Minus 10. Yep. <laughs> For not being here. I'm glad you guys didn't insinuate that I need to take a minus. I appreciate that. Well, you, oh, you obviously didn't listen close kinda, enough then. Yeah, I mean, Jesse did throw something out there, but you moved right past it. Yeah, you probably... Cut it I'm, out. I, I'm keeping count, though, Jesse, so we're okay, good to go. Good. Wait Perfect. Did, did I miss something? What did you suggest, Jesse? Uh, you might want to go take a, a second second listen. Oh. Yeah. It's in there. You know. <laughs> yeah. You got to play it in reverse. Yeah, in reverse. It was a coded message. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and it was throughout. The, the words were scattered throughout the entire show, so you really have to <sighs> pick them out. You're killing me. Killing me. Yeah. Hey, guys. Maybe we should do some news. What do you think? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, Maybe. let's do news. Yeah. Well, it's a good thing I'm here this because I'm just, I'm getting tired of the news being introduced the way it's been being introduced late, as of late. Okay. Well, <laughs> I have it on good authority that I kicked ass last week both times. <laughs> well, no, we, we said you got all the words right. The delivery, you know. Are you uh, ready to hear how it's... Well, I wasn't going for delivery. Let's hear it. Let's hear it done by the Yeah, pro. let's... Yeah. <laughs> Now that I've owned two full sets of BK high-voltage coilless servos, I can honestly say that these are the best full-size cyclic servos I have owned to date. These things are crazy fast, with a speed of 0.049 seconds per 60 degrees, and plenty strong, with a torque rating of 295 inch ounces. Oh, and to top all this off, they're only 99 bucks a piece. So whether you're looking to replace an old set of worn out servos or outfitting that brand new heli, be sure to head over to bkservo.com. Alrighty guys, this week's news is brought to you by helidaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. I see what you did there with the different intonations. And you threw in all righty guys in the front. And it's the uh, it's the dynamic nature of, of the delivery. You see. That's right. It's not that monotone. That's good. There's it keeps it keeps the audience. That's right. It's it, wondering what's next. It it uh, places emphasis <laughs> where it needs to <laughs> be placed. Wondering what's next, even though they already know. <laughs> yeah, the news. <laughs> yeah. See, so Nick's not here, so I I can't do my usual. So. I'm hoping that uh, somebody brought some news. Any, anyone? Bueller, oh, yeah, we got lots of Bueller, news. Bueller, something, D-O-O, economics. Bueller. Lots of news. All right, what do we got? Here we go. First off, SAB has posted recently, I think in the last day or two, on their Facebook wall, announcing that both the three-bladed head and, and the three-bladed tail are going to be available for purchase in mid-October. 
They also announced the HPS two, which is the, the new version, the upgraded design of the two bladed head is also going to be available. So here's the deal. Let's, let's look at this HPS two for goblin, 630, 700, 770 speed and Urukai. Uh, HPS three for Goblin 700, 770 speed and Yurikai available with three custom 690 3D blades, uh, three custom uh, speed blades in three t- or 720 length or 730 millimeter 2D blades, which I think is kind of like the F3C precision version of their their blades, the one, two and 3D. And uh, I'm super excited about this. I don't know about you guys. I, the tail, nah, who knows? I'm not sure if the tail's anything more than hype, but the three-bladed head, that is going on my goblin speed. And we are going to see what that's all about. And even if it doesn't nice. go faster, as long as it sounds cool, it will have been worth my expenditure of money. What do you What do you guys think about this? Dan. <laughs> He they they've they've uh they have screwed you over because it's not available for your wimpy five hundred uh, or even the five seventy. You know, I really don't have much to say about the goblin. Yeah, you know, I gotta I gotta be realistic with this. All I see is an increased cost when I crash. Exactly. Who sells now blades I have three to at a time? Yeah, <laughs> sells blades three at a time, and now I have to replace three blades instead of two. Hey, Jesse, just too. don't crash, dude. Famous we last fly word. RC helicopters. They are built to we crash. We are going to crash. Well, you know, I'm come sorry, on, Justin, man. Your goblin speed one day will probably crash. And in a big, dude, fancy way. You, you do not say that <laughs> stuff. It's a part of the hobby, man. Seriously. And, and then you're going to have to do three blades instead of two. There you go. You wanted my opinion. That was, that was Trust real. me. If the goblin speed crashes, replacing a third blade <laughs> is probably low on my list of concerns. Trust me. <laughs> that's a valid point. Valid point. But okay, let's move on. Oh, wait, wait, you guys there, clearly don't give a crap. There's about more that. goblin news. There's more goblin news. Oh, there is. There is. He I'm, said, I'm "Move away on. from the three-bladed head." Oh, okay. I'm I'm moving on. All right, all right. Now I don't know if this is what you were thinking of, Dan, but I'm going to bring it up anyway. They just posted a couple of days ago here the event trailer from Goblin Day 2014. Did you guys Did you guys watch this? Honestly, can, can I say yes? Oh, you're killing me, dude! Here. It's Goblin. I, Who cares? I just. Dan, I know. this this whole Dan act Dan's trying to put on, he's he's really not pulling it off. Yeah, dude, we are <laughs> they're, we are they're, uh, they're going to see we're right part through of this. the heli media. I know. And sometimes you know what that means. You just got to suck it up. <laughs> watch a and goblin watch video shit that you don't <laughs> care about. <laughs> yeah. Hey man, I've been watching CPO's videos, dude. Oh, have you? Yeah. Those are the videos. And, and so you're, you're, he's, he's going to walk right over my news. Yeah, no, 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 he no, is. So, but before we go to the CPO video, go watch the Goblin Day trailer. It's got lots of goblins. It's got lots of familiar faces. Of course. I nice. wish I was there. Of course. Only so that I could see if there were any other heli brands present. I mean, hmm. would, wouldn't you like to be that guy? Like, you want to be the antagonist? The, wall, <laughs> the dude walks in with a freaking Align 700 DFC. <laughs> yeah. What's up, guys? 
That's Let's like, do this. And it's it's like a freaking. I mean, he, he probably like, got lynched. That's like the dude that shows up to Sturgis on a moped. Yes, <laughs> that's funny. We yeah. were talking about. That. Hold on, D- diversion. Nick and I are talking in the car on the way home from work uh, a couple of days ago, and one of those uh, reverse trike motorcycle things with the two wheels in the front and the one oh, in the yeah. back pull up apparently in front of him. So he starts cursing at it because they're offensive to him as a, a past motorcycle rider. <laughs> and that is the analogy he gave me, Dan. Exactly. <laughs> I said, well, dude, would someone show up uh, to Sturgis with one of those? And he's like, they would get killed. <laughs> so there you go. Huh. If anyone was at Goblin huh. Day and you saw a different brand, let us know. And tell us where you put the body. Well, yeah, no one's talking about that. We're not going to get any emails. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, speaking of three-bladed heads, Nick Maxwell just posted a YouTube video of him flying the new mm-hmm. Raptor E700. Not sure flying head. is the right word. I don't know if yeah. he's really flying. <laughs> More <laughs> abusing. <laughs> yes, abusing <laughs> brutally. I mean, this kid is amazing. Like usual, he's flying it out in the backyard of his house or his parents' Which- house. No normal uh, person could do their 3D routine in that space just to start with, and then let alone half the stuff he does in that space. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's, this thing has so much power and so much pop. And I mean, I, it's hard to say without actually flying it, mm-hmm. I don't know how big of a difference it really is. You know, we've talked about the fact that having the third blade does speed up the cyclic. Uh, does give you more collective authority, but it sure as hell looks very agile. Yes. Did you see the reversals he was doing towards the end? I did. Those are lightning fast. Awesome. Crazy. I don't. I don't. Thank you for the entertainment, Nick Maxwell. I don't. Like, <laughs> I don't like change. I don't do change very well. What the three bladed head? Yeah. Are, are you intimidated by those, just, Dan? You know, I was a latecomer to the whole fly barless scene. Now they're trying to tell me I need three blades on my heli. I don't, I don't like it. Yeah, well, I'm just a grumpy, it's okay. old, a grumpy old man. <laughs> let us beta test. Yep, <laughs> we'll let you know. We'll and keep then in you four years, the technology may have reached you. Well, here's the deal. I've made a a, a personal, I guess, decision that um, I can't. I cannot afford to keep up with Nick and his beta testing. So if you Justin give it a shot and like it, then maybe I will. Because generally you have a you have a tendency to stick with those changes if you like it. Yeah. <laughs> Nick on the other hand likes it, likes the shit out of it for about a week. Still and then still it. sells it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's hard to judge just just based on his retention of a given model or (laughs) product. (laughs) Okay. Well, go and watch. He's going to be happy. He missed this this episode. Yeah. 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 I can hear it now. (laughs) Go watch the Nick Maxwell video. It is pretty cool. Okay. uh, I'm going to do another goblin one. Oh my God, dude. Seriously. This one's pretty cool. And uh, this this one actually comes from our good buddy 
Carrie Shirley over at Gas Powered Thoughts on the Heli Freak Forum, the designer of the Goblin 700 Leviathan gasser conversion is now working on a conversion for the Goblin 570 that makes use of the OSGT 15 Max engine. And I am super psyched about this because we've talked about this OSGT 15 before and how it's kind of like a 60 size for 90 class helis. It's it's it doesn't have a lot of power for a, a true 700 600. It starts to kind of open up a little bit more, but we're talking about putting it in a Goblin 570 and the Goblins aren't the lightest helis granted, but. I think this might be the one uh, for me. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hang out and see. I think it's going to be a while before this dude gets it finished because this is prototype one, and, and it looks to me like he's still working on the, the design of some of the plastic bits. He did some 3D printing and rapid prototyping. I don't expect that's what it's going to be in the final product. Right. But if it's got the power then this might be something I want to check out. Plus, I like the mm-hmm. compactness of that engine compared to like a classic RC format uh, gasser like the Zenoas. Hmm. Nothing? Yeah. yeah. Jeez, tough crowd. That's what we think. <laughs> I just, uh, <sighs> not a big fan of conversions. All right, all right. Here's my news of the week, then. Gowie NX7 release date, October 20th. And you can pre-order it right now on gowie.com.tw. And I suspect that some of the retailers, although I haven't gone and done the research to figure out who's carrying it in terms of pre-orders, it is $899.00. For the NX7 Formula Basic Kit, which I believe only comes with the airframe. Let me double check on this. Yeah, it's basically just the airframe kit. I don't even think it comes with blades. No, it doesn't even come with blades. Wow. But what's really cool is if you follow this link, they've got a bunch of really nice high-resolution photos of different features on the heli and some of the stuff aren't, you know, it's not surprising. It's the same head tail, that sort of a thing, but the main gear on this, are you guys seeing that 131 tooth mod 1.25 main <laughs> gear? It's huge, yeah. man. Yeah. Very impressive engineering there. This one's got me excited. I, I, I with, with as much time and money as I'm spending on the speed stuff, Realistically, I don't see myself getting one in the near term, but if it turns out to be a popular heli and a contender with the N7, then this may be my my nitro, hmm. my next nitro at least. Hmm. All righty, yeah. guys. So, I think that's it for news, though, huh? You think? That's it, man. I think so. All righty, guys. This week's news is brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. Thank <laughs> you. 
just when you thought that the guys at Soko Heli Tools had pushed setup methodology to the absolute state of the art, they come out with yet another innovation. In combination with their Soko Helical, which fits all sizes and all brands of helis, they've recently announced the Soko Heli Tools mobile app. This app greatly simplifies your setup by completely eliminating the need for a level working surface or main shaft. Available in stores soon for Android and Apple devices, this new mobile software will do everything that your original Soko kit did, but with the added benefit of all measurements, calculations, and directions in one easy-to-use app. When you're ready to kick it up a notch with your heli setup, visit the SoCo team at www.soco-heli-tools.com and check it out. SoCo Heli Tools, next generation setup. Servo talk, don't we, Jesse? Some reviewage going on here. Some reviewage. Uh, why don't you uh, tell us all about it? What do you got? Dan, we do. Um, I've been flying the BK servos, the DS7001HVs. So, you know, I think it's time to, to uh, talk about them and share with the listeners kind of what I think. So, first off, and uh, as always, a huge shout out and thanks to Bert Cammer. And, of course, BK Servo. Uh, when I initially heard that I was going to have the opportunity to do this review, right off the bat, I was pretty excited. Um, as some of you guys know, I the, the current set of servos that I had in my 7HV was getting... They were getting up there in flight count. So, you know, getting the opportunity to try out these BK Servos, super excited right off the bat. So, just to start out with, for those of you that haven't checked them out at all, um, just kind of to start out with the specs a little bit. Um, so the model number that I got, as I mentioned, was the DS7001HV servos. Now these servos use a coreless motor and they're rated for a full 2S LiPo, so 8.4 volts. Um, Weight-wise, they're coming in at about 68 grams or 2.4 ounces. Now this is where it really gets good. The torque rating on these things is 295 inch ounces or 21.3 kilogram centimeters and this is at a four a full 8.4 volts so just keep that in mind as impressive as that is the speed of these things and and listen carefully here i'm, I'm not going to m make a mistake on the speed it is 0 0.049 seconds per 60 degrees at 8.4 volts for now, cyclic servos? For a cyclic <laughs> servo. Now, I did a fair I did a fair amount of research. Obviously, I didn't spend hours and hours looking at every single servo that's ever been made. But from what I could find in the first 20 minutes, I could not find a cyclic servo that was faster than these. Um, so once again, 0 0.049 seconds per 60 degrees for a cyclic servo. Coreless. Yeah. I'm telling you. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then to validate this, um, our good friend of the nation, Chris Treby, did a video and using the iCharger, which has a built-in feature to test servo speed, actually did a little bit of a video showing us 
him performing the test and seeing the speed. And lo and behold, it came in a little bit faster than rated. So right on par with what you're going to see on the back of the box. Now, when you get these servos, they come in a, a plastic container, not the normal. So when I've gotten servos in the past, and I'm sure I know I've heard Dan mention this, they come in those hard plastic cases that we all collect because we're thinking, okay, we're, we're going to find a use for these things. So we probably have piles of them sitting around. Not the case with these. They come in a, in a thinner plastic case, and it has a foam insert in there that's you know perfectly cut out. It holds the servo extremely tight in place, so it's not going to shift around or get damaged during shipping. Um, and it also holds the wiring in place as well. And then there's a small little compartment down in the foam that holds all the extra stuff that comes with the servo. So with these guys, you're going to get your typical assortment of mounting screws, servo horns and for me these aren't the these aren't servo horns that i would run on i guess my 7hv i did not end up using them but in certain helis like the n7 or similar where they have a carbon fiber reinforcement that you attach to the arm these arms would work just fine Um, but not quite beefy enough for me to put right on my 7hv coming right off the servo and then you got your um grommets and the sleeves that come with those to mount them so right off the bat when you pull this thing out of the box the first thing i noticed was the cnc quality and just the overall visual presentation i guess of the servo um you know extremely nice machine and quality work done on the case a full metal case and it's really tied together nice with a continuous chamfer that just kind of wraps the entire servo around it just weaves its way around the entire case and it just it ties the whole servo together and makes it very, very visually appealing. You know, not only are the specs good, but I think they looked great in my heli. So one thing I, I also want to mention is right where the servo wire exits the servo case, this is really, really beefy on this servo. I mean, I'm sitting here holding it, and you know, the very first this is one of the first things I noticed going, wow, that that wire is supported quite a ways out from the servo case making me feel extremely confident that, you know, whether this is on a nitro or an electric model, no matter how much vibration you're sending through the case, it's not going to get transferred into that wire. So that was really, really nice to see. And then the last thing that I noticed was two out of the three servos had extremely um, smooth operating gears. And then the third one had a slight little tight spot um, in the gear train. Now, by tight, I do not mean um, notchy or anything like that. Just it wasn't just 100% free all the way around. Um, but just jumping ahead a little bit, I just want to clear that up. It did work its way out. It must have just been some, um, the gears breaking in, the grease settling. Um, after a couple flights, it completely went away. So pretty much a non, um, non-issue non there. Um, for installing these servos, so as I mentioned, I put them in my 7HV. And for the review, I was flying them straight off of a 2S LiPo, a 1600 milliamp 2S LiPo, and I'm running them on the Mini V-Bar. So for the installation on the 7HV, I decided not to use the servo grommets that come with it. Now, I don't know if you guys have an opinion on this or not, but kind of my rule of thumb is we spend a lot of time at least for this is my I guess this is my rule of thumb for electric at least we spend a lot of time building these helicopters making sure all the bolts are you know really tight 
eliminating as much slop as we can from the entire servo and linkage system. Honestly, I feel like the grommets can just bring some of that slop right back in. And for me, on an electric heli, I tend not to run the grommets. So in this case, I just hard-mounted the servos right into the heli. Now, on the flip side, on you know, you go ahead and put the same servo in a nitro. There, the, the vibrations that the servo is going to be seeing, I would say, is quite a bit higher. And you know, in a, in a situation like that, I will tend to run the, uh, the, the grommets on the servos just to give them that little bit of isolation from the frame. And to dampen out just a little bit of that vibration before it gets sent through the case, down the wire, and so on and so forth. So once I had the servos installed, going through the V-bar setup, not a lot needed to be changed from my current servos. So these operate at 1520-333. Um, so that was you know the setting I chose in the V-bar. Now they did, once I got to the part where I was you know making sure that swash plate was perfectly level and getting all the servo arms right at 90, they did require a little bit of trim. Um, to get them perfect at a perfect 90 but this you know this is almost to be expected for any servo that doesn't use a clamping type of arm because with those with those servo arms that you know where you kind of put the small little insert right on the output of the servo and then you clamp the arm around it with a set screw those ones you can mechanically trim to get them perfect but I've found in my experience with any other servo it's probably going to require a couple little clicks of trim uh, almost no matter what fly barless system you're using. And, you know, it's very easy to do mm-hmm. in the V-bar. Now, just one thing that I do want to point out, and this is just to, <laughs> if if you end up getting a set of these, just to say it's normal. I had this with both of my sets, and I believe Dan mentioned this as well. These servos do buzz a little bit when they're powered on and even just sitting there um, on the bench with the blades on, you know, just sitting there powered on with everything set up. They do make a a little bit of a buzzing noise, so... If you do own these servos or get these servos, do not be alarmed with that. I've had these with both sets uh, now that I have. So it seems to be completely completely normal for these servos. So once the setup was complete, that's really all I wanted to do was just make sure that the servos functioned properly. I did not want to go through and change a bunch of gains right off the bat because I really wanted to get that solid back-to-back flight performance. Um... So I ended up doing the servo swap between a Friday and a Saturday. And so over the summer when I started flying these, I flew the my older servos on Friday and then did the servo swap Friday night and then flew the BK servos on Saturday. So about as back-to-back as you can get, I would say, for a servo swap. And so I got to say my initial thoughts, and keep in mind this is without, I did not touch the gains, just you know, making sure the servos work. Right off the bat, I'm going out there on the very first flight with these servos going. Did I? I must have added in a little bit more paddle sim on the V bar or something. And for those of you that uh, don't fly V bar, paddle sim is just increasing the res- the stick response right off center stick. So just that initial quickness right off center. It it honestly felt like I'd gone in and added about five to ten more points of paddle sim, which I hadn't. But this you know this definitely leads me to believe that. I could clearly notice that increase in speed um, over the other servos I was running. And then also, right off the bat, in maneuvers like TikToks, the, the stops were much tighter, but they were so crisp and so aggressive that it introduced a slight head bobble. So now all of a sudden, my head gain is a little bit too high. 
also alluding to the fact, you know, that little bit of extra torque and speed um, that these servos are bringing to the table. So I flew this for three, four flights. I didn't want to change anything. Just wanted to make sure I got a feel for the heli um, without changing any gains, just so I could get that baseline comparison. So after a couple flights, I went through and tuned the V-bar up to make the heli fly perfect with these servos in there. Um, after a couple flights, it, it did not take much tuning at all after the swap. I found that I, I had to bring my head gain about 5 to 10 points lower on the V-bar. So just the overall head gain slider had to come down 5 to 10 points just to get rid of that head bobble that had been introduced. And then I brought my paddle sim down by 8 points as well. And that really brought it back to where it was comfortable and it didn't feel too fast off center for me, especially in like aileron TikToks and Pyro TikToks and maneuvers like that. It brought it back down to a nice comfortable range. Um, and so what this leads me to believe is it was, it's really awesome to, you know, go from, and the, the previous servos I had in there was BLS 451. So it, it's really awesome to go from a previous set of servos and to throw something in there that on paper looks better. And then you can actually tell um, an increase in the flight performance. So that was awesome to see. Now, as a result of the flying, I took some data on the average milliamp draw per flight. And I got to say, this was, this was a little bit surprising to me in a good way. So I found that my average milliamp draw per flight or... I would go out there, do one flight on the helicopter, come back to the bench, unplug the receiver pack, and recharge it, and look at the number of milliamps that were put back in on the charger. The average number per flight that I found I was putting back in was about 175 to 180. Um, so ex extremely low, lower than the BLS 451s that I had on there. And then in addition to this, I also did some bench testing where I used a multimeter and I put it in series with the receiver pack, kind of wired it all up. And then I did a couple tests with just having the heli powered on, sitting there, and I unplugged everything but the three cyclic servos. So I really wanted to try to isolate the current that just the cyclic servos were pulling. Um, and so I did one test with the heli sitting there and just moving the sticks with absolutely no load on it, just had blades on the head and it was just sitting there. And then I did another test where I was holding the transmitter in one hand and then literally pushing almost as hard as I could with my other hand on the head just to provide as much resistance as I could. So I found that with the helicopter just sitting there with no load, I saw an average current draw of 0.87 amps. And then with as much load as I could provide with my hands, I saw a peak current draw of 7.23 amps. Now, what this, what what I kind of take is away it, was or that combined, Jesse combined. That was all three. Okay. That was the total. That was how much current was being pulled from the receiver pack because the multimeter was in series with the receiver pack. Oh, okay, right, right. Mm -hmm. With all three servos running off of that, and so, and I, I was not being. This was about as hard as I could physically push down on the head, and as fast as I could flick the stick with my other hand, um, and then just taking readings off the multimeter. So. I saw a peak of 7.23 amps. So what I kind of take away from this is, for one, only putting back in 175 milliamps per flight. This is going to allow me to get a lot more flights in per, without having to, re this is, 
This is going to allow me to get in a lot more flights without having to recharge my receiver pack so often. Because like I mentioned, I'm only flying a 1600 milliamp receiver pack on the 7HV. I, I really do not want the receiver pack to be a considerable contribution to the overall weight of the heli. So I would like to keep that as light as possible. And so with these servos, that really helps to make that possible. In addition, with the, with the peak current that I saw of 7.23 amps, that would make me extremely comfortable running these off of a BEC without the fear of too much voltage drop, um, which I know in the past other brands of servos had huge spikes in current, almost making them unable to be ran off of a BEC. But with only experiencing 7.23 amps as a peak, that would make me very comfortable running these off of a BEC. And then the last thing is, I know we've mentioned this in the past, but the Mini V-Bar is not known for its high current capabilities <laughs> for the cyclic servos. In fact, many people have, have had a lot of problems with voltage drop and whatnot with the Mini V-Bar, Mini V-Bar just due to the amount of copper in the, in the power bus there, you know, handling the current. And so with, once again, with only the 7.23 amps, I had zero issues um, running them off of a mini, mini V-Bar. But keep in mind, this was on a Futaba system. So as it stands right now, um, I currently have 75 flights on the set that's in the 7HV, and I have 80 flights that's on the set in the N7. And just kind of a quick report, um, there is a very, very slight amount of slop in the gear train. Now, by this, I mean when the servos are powered on, sitting there at mid-stick, you know, if I go up to the servo horn and put pressure on, um, push down on the servo horn and then pull up on the servo horn, I can barely feel the slightest bit of a little click or a tick in there. So, a very small amount of slop, what I would consider it to be a very small amount of slop for 75 or 80 flights on a set of servos. Definitely not anything that I'm going to replace a set of gears over. And, you know, at least for the foreseeable um, future. So I'm happy to report that. Now, here at The Nation, it, it really, in, in my opinion, would not be a complete, a truly, whole, you know, well-rounded review if if we didn't do a, a crash test, right? I mean, we, <laughs> yes. we always, we always got to do a crash test on, on the products. That's, that's the ultimate test of, you know, how it's going to be what what it's going to see when other people are flying it. So, as some of you heard with the the N7 review, I did crash the N7 during that review, and guess what? These exact BK servos happened to be in that helicopter during the crash. So, just to kind of recap that during that crash, the N7 went in right on the head. So, the head was the first point of contact for the helicopter, and with a direct to swash setup, that's going to transmit quite a bit of force right into those servo gears. So as a result, I did end up stripping out one set, uh, one servo gear set, and the other two were completely unharmed and still functioning great. Now this actually, believe it or not, stripping out one set of servo gears brings me to one of my favorite features about this hel- about these uh, servos. This, the replacement gears only cost $24 a piece for these things. Oh, and man. And so what I've found in comparison, this is a, a pretty good deal um, for a set of replacement gears. And for me, this is a huge consideration because 
you know, being at a fun fly out at the field all the time, I really want to minimize downtime when the heli goes in. And at this price point, I can really afford to keep multiple sets of gears right on hand, right in the toolbox and, you know, ready to grab if something like this were to happen at a fun fly. So once I got the replacement gears, went ahead and tore the servo down. Um, very standard procedure on replacing the servo gears. If you've done it with any other full size or any size servo, it's literally the exact same. Um, my choice of grease for rebuilding a servo is I just use a little bit of white lithium. And once I had the thing all reassembled and put back together, it was completely good to go and I'm still flying um, that servo. So guys, just to uh, recap and point out, in my opinion, when you consider the speed and the torque that these things bring to the table, and then to top that all off at a price point of $99 per servo, these are definitely staying near the top of my list when you know building a new heli or swapping out old sets of servos just because of that performance and at that price point. Now, for some of you that might not want the, uh, the cordless servo, they recently have come out with a brushless line of servos. Which, looking by the specs, seem to be just as impressive as these guys. So, definitely keep you know both sets of servos in mind. Look look over the options and see what works best for you. But once again, I really really enjoyed doing this review, and I gotta say, guys, these servos are gonna be staying on my fleet for quite some time. So, thanks again to Bert Camer and BK Servo for giving us this opportunity. Yes. Awesome, dude. I thought- I have questions though. Oh, let's hear it. I mean, it wouldn't be a review without questions, right? First off, did you did you ever check temperatures after flying or even like on your little bench test? So I did not check temperatures on the bench test. That that is something I completely forgot to do. But after flying out at the field, um, and this this is very unofficial. I don't have uh, I don't have a temp gun out at the field with me, but. I guess just by putting my fingers on them, and they did not seem what I would consider hot or much above ambient temperature whatsoever. Okay, um, and, like, and I like, wouldn't expect it. I mean, they're all they're all metal, right? Yeah, exactly. So yep. they've got an all metal case, pretty darn good heat dissipation from well, that and especially alone. with aluminum and the thermal conductivity of that, mm-hmm. and um, the direct yeah. mount. Yep, exactly. Okay, so the next question I've got is. We talked a lot about the performance of them and and stuff like that, but what is your impression of like is, is the what? First of all, what's the wire length? Is it a standard servo wire length? It is a standard servo wire length. So it's I like found six them to or be, eight inches. Yep, I would say about uh yeah eight inches. I believe. Do the mounting flanges have the funky little nubbins in the middle? that split, you know, split down the middle. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like on a Futaba servo, uh-huh. there's like a little plastic ridge. Dan, you know what I'm talking about, right? I do know what right? you're talking about, and I don't think they do. That I always a have to plast- chop off with my X-Acto knife because when I try to mount the front side to an airframe, they get stuck. No, these are... Oh, no, these, these are straight com- down. Ones, yeah, straight down from the edge of the, from the top of the case all the way to the mounting point. Okay. Um, so there is right. no little flanges or support. You're talking about like the little corner supports that they mm-hmm. put on the top. Yeah. No, those are non-existent on these. Okay. 
Next question. How much do they weigh? 68 grams. 68 grams. Did I miss that? Yeah. Oh, my bad. Okay. Well, still. 68, 68 grams, grams a piece. That, yeah, that and that's pretty darn good, especially yes. for an all-metal servo. I mean, I've seen these things in my hand. They, they actually look kind of small size-wise compared to a, a, a standard servo of another brand. I don't think they are. I think it's just the shape of the case with like the nice curves and stuff. Very that makes sleek, it look like a, like a yeah, yeah, just exactly. a continuous chamfer all you know all the way around all the edges on the servo. So it, mm-hmm. it, it might give it that impression since not every corner is coming to that ninety like on other servos. Okay, here's the real kicker. I I was actually impressed to hear that you could tell a difference in your gains mm-hmm. uh, and, and stops, but you know give it to me straight here is is an average pilot gonna notice that or are we talking like you noticed it in the extremes of your flying no i i noticed it if i would say if you can do a tiktok you would notice it i can vouch for really if you can do a tiktok you can notice it because you have a similar experience I i run i've got several sets of bk servos and the first thing I noticed when I put them in, uh, much like Jesse, I didn't mess with the gains because I'm really, at the time, I really, I wasn't really fond of tuning. So I tend to avoid that mm-hmm. as much as I can. And I noticed right away that these are much faster. Now, keep in mind, I went from a line 620s uh, to these servos. So mm-hmm. big difference. There. Oh, wow. That's a yep. big jump. Um, but yeah, I would say a TikTok would be the requirement to uh, to noticing that. Because as soon as I went, you know, I take off on that first flight and I throw it into a TikTok right on the first tick head bobble. And just immediately that off center response literally felt like added in that extra eight to 10 points on the paddle sim. So it it is definitely apparent. That's impressive. I would that really I would is. go so far to say though too that might have been just in my mind. You know, cuz when you switch to a perceived you 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 kind of build maybe a perception of what you should mm-hmm. in your mind what you think is going to happen because you're you know Cuz you see the, the the specs on paper. You see the specs mm-hmm. on paper so you're thinking well these are going to be much quicker. But I do I did feel like it's almost like the expo got turned down a little bit it just felt a much quicker around center than uh than the alliance that were running prior huh yep um you know i you know i wasn't when i switched over it was um was not for review it wasn't for anything it was because i wanted to try them so i wasn't i was just more uh preoccupied about getting them in the heli and getting them flying i um uh, love them i i I've been flying them now for hundreds of flights. Um, I haven't really noticed any issues with slop yet, but then I don't fly nearly as hard as Jesse does. Well, and yeah. that's that's just something. I, it's really tough to even consider it slop. It's just a light little click, but it is something that isn't there when you install that brand new right, right out of the package yeah. servo or set of gears. So. Yeah, it's like I I hate to use the word slop, but it's you know just that light little tick or a click in the yeah. in the uh, in the gear train there. Good servos, and for the price, dude. Yeah, that's what gets me. It's tough that to nine, be, dude. It really Ninety nine bucks, and then the yeah the the gear replacement pricing on top of that. 
So, very cool, man. Hey, this is Curtis Youngblood. Hey, this is Matt Botus. Hi, everyone. This is Bobby Watts. Hey, everyone. This is Gary, a.k.a. Custom from Heli Rap. This is Burke Hammer. This is Pinion, and you're listening to the greatness that is RC Heli Nation. So I actually, there was one other, uh, we're, I'm going to kind of use this to kind of lead into what our conversation is going to be. So I just wanted to, a, a strange thing happened to me the other night. I was um, sitting here doing my um, video gaming that I typically do. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> my Skype phone rings. And I didn't really recognize it was a group really recognized the names, but I thought, oh, what the hell? Pressed accept. Turns out I was on Skype with Finless Bob and David McKay from uh, Twerk. You guys remember this week in RC, that uh, video mm-hmm. show it used to be? Mm-hmm. And I, I, it was a fun, we had a great time. Had a great time talking with Bob. It's been a long time. Um, we decided to leave the past in the past and just had conversations about Helly's. But I, I was a little disappointed because I kind of came in on the tail end of a conversation that I found pretty interesting. And I kind of wanted to get your guys' thoughts on this. You know, obviously the multi-rotor market is getting huge. And they yes, were, they you were, could say that. They <laughs> were discussing uh, its impact, if any, on the helicopter industry, the RC helicopter industry. And I was kind of curious. Uh, you know, I've kind of got there, – there's a few ways you can look at it. Do we think it's hindering? Do we think it's hurting the helicopter industry as a whole? Is it helping? Is it bringing more people into the hobby? When we look at multi-rotors in particular, some of us look at them as tools. Others that are newer to the hobby look at them as an opportunity to get something in the air and just enjoy the aspect of flying Mm -hmm. without the complication that is typically an RC helicopter, especially when you're first starting. Much easier. They're simpler. I don't want to, they're, they're, they can be very complicated machines. We all know that, but mm-hmm. it comes right down to it. They're, they're, they're simpler machines. I don't think it's directly hurting the RC heli industry. I do think it is affecting it as far as sales mm-hmm. go. But I also think it's, it's kind of a double-edged sword. Uh, it's, you know, especially for those of us, okay, if you're, if you're flying a multi-rotor because you have uh, notions of doing something outside of the hobby and, and, uh, for a specific purpose, mm-hmm. that's one thing. But do you guys think that a multi-rotor could help bring people into the hobby or do you think it's hurting the hobby? Well, that's what I was, I was thinking about when you were saying that is, I know you think someone goes into their local hobby store and it, in, in some ways, I guess you could say it would be smart for someone to start with flying a multi-rotor because it's, it's kind of like those small little fixed pitch, you know, micros or something like that. They're, like you mentioned, very simple to fly. Um, you're, you know, you're basically just up, down, forwards, backwards on the control. So as far as just getting someone comfortable with putting something in the air, um, there's a lot, there's a lot to be gained from that. But then in addition, you could spark someone's interest you know they could take that multi-rotor out to a club field they could all of a sudden start looking around on the internet doing youtube searches and one thing could lead to another and what do you know we might find ourselves with another heli pilot and you know that that is just one path they may like you also mentioned be looking at the multi-rotor for a specific purpose 
and never even realize or recognize the RC helicopter hobby. But I think there is that path opportunity there for them to start with the multi-rotor because they're easier to fly and becoming exposed to the RC helicopter industry and maybe taking a turn in that direction. Let me ask you this. Let's say a guy has an interest. Uh, He's he's caught some YouTube videos of Nick Maxwell flying a helicopter and he walks into the local hobby shop. What do you think that local hobby shop guy is more inclined to sell him? And on top of that, when you get, when you start getting into that aspect, you might've been interested in, in helicopters, but let's face it. You can quickly become absorbed with multi-rotors and the expenses can grow rapidly. I mean, they can, you can go from a very basic multi-rotor to a very complex multi-rotor and spend a ton more money in the long run. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're not cheap at all, dude. Do, do you think that those, that, you know, because it's, uh, you know, I don't know. I've never seen any facts, but, or figures, but it, you know, we're, we're constantly being told by they, whoever they are, that multi-rotors is the fastest growing uh, aspect of the RC community. Out of all of us, planes, cars, helicopters, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I, does that hurt? Is that hurting all other aspects of the hobby? I mean, are people, do you think people are going to focus on that and just not even concern themselves with helicopters? Okay. Here, here's my thought on this. I think, I think it depends on how you look at it, Dan. I think that the fact that, you know, like, like we were alluding to the fact that they are, fundamentally easier to get up and running and to be confident in your setup and then to actually get it into a hover and start moving around. That's a huge benefit to the hobby because what it basically does is it lowers the learning curve such that someone who is a would be heli pilot pilot or, you know, a pod and boom pilot, uh, but is staying away from it because of the investment or the risk or just the, the outright fear now can get into something that's sort of the next best thing, depending on how you look at it. Uh, similar investment money wise, but all around lower risk of having issues. OK, that that's huge, because, again, it's kind of, we've talked about this concept before in a lot of different aspects of the hobby. I call it, it's like a gateway drug, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now, some people are going to go and say, you know what? I caught the bug and I'm sticking with multi-rotors. I don't need to have anything to do with those pod and boom things. I love this. And then they're off and running. It, you know, did we did we hurt the heli hobby or the other RC sectors as a result of that? No, I don't think so. Because at the end of the day, we're all one big happy family. But those, I get that. But, you know, well, keep going because you might be addressing what I'm thinking. So, so that, you know, that's one potential path. Then there are the people who are like, you know what? This is cool. I'm feeling confident about being able to fly. I can move it around. Now I'm ready to take it to a pod and boom. And maybe they keep multi-rotors in their fleet after that. Maybe they never touch it again. And now we, we, the, the RC heli hobby gain a new member. And that's huge. Uh, I think that's a big benefit of multi-rotors where I think that they can potentially take away from the hobby as a whole 
is the fact that with anything that has a shallower learning curve or is generally appealing or approachable to a larger portion of the population, you're inevitably going to get idiots. And now I've got a situation where I can have any old dude walk into a hobby shop, pick up a multi-rotor and do something Mm -hmm. stupid. Now, he may not do something stupid that time around with that model, but for people that don't ultimately have the respect for the model, regardless of what it is, uh, they're brought into the hobby with this uh, this overconfidence because the multi-rotor. Yeah, exactly. Jesse, invincibility, because the multi-rotor, I mean, they they did it. They didn't have any problems at all. Mm-hmm. And so now they're going to go off and do it again. But this time it's a bigger multi-rotor or maybe it's a pod and boom or maybe it's the same multi-rotor, but they're going to do it over their neighbor's house mm-hmm. or they're going to do it in a crowded uh, soccer field or at a park. And of of the thousands of times that will happen, maybe only one has an issue, but that's all it takes. Yeah. And there's one other kind of uh, kind of a way to look at this too, and and we kind of got to be realistic about it. Multi rotors are extremely boring to fly for fun. I mean, granted, that's my opinion, but let's right. face it they 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 are very limited in their flight envelope. Mm-hmm. They they are a what I call them a tool, and the the real the part I'm talking about is about being realistic is. I will bet you if you surveyed people coming out of a hobby shop with a multi-rotor, why did they buy it? They bought it because they have plans of turning it into a business. So it, it kind of takes away from the hobby in that aspect. Um, you really think so? I, Dude, I mean, why, why else would you go? Fly? I mean, well, let, let me let me I'm going to play devil's advocate here. I hear you, and you're entitled to your opinion. And for the record, I don't necessarily disagree. That said, I also find planks to be boring because of their limited, similar limited flight envelope. Let me, and yet there's a whole hobby built around that. But Mm -hmm. you can do things, and you can buy planks that are designed to be high performance. That's true. Uh, but I, I can go and buy a NASA, uh, now well, not you, a NASA, sorry, you, a, a DJI F450 and put it in manual mode and we're going to have a blast. Well, are you? <laughs> I mean, really? It, it, okay. <laughs> I, 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 I hear you, dude. I take your point. And, I, and I, again, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you on my own personal opinion, but devil's advocate wise. Seriously. Maybe that's all that dude can handle right now. I get that. I get that. Maybe his heart isn't in pod and boom because it may explode out of stress or fear yeah. for for the price or hurting himself or someone else. And so that's fun to him. I get that. I don't know. But yeah, and I, th- I think our perspective is is slightly skewed with having flown the pod and booms and then going to multirotors versus starting in multirotors and moving to pod and boom. Because like Justin just said, everyone's level of fun, kind of what you know. But look, you see it all the time, guys. You see, why are we going to put, why why are we buying this multi-road? We're buying it because we want to put a GoPro on it. What do we Mm want to do with that GoPro? We want to go take some pictures of some houses or some realtors. 
We want right. to go. We want to go take some pictures of a motocross race. Mm-hmm. We want to try to make some money with it. Nobody says that about a helicopter. Do you? So are you then? Impl- you're implying that? Well, I'm going to put words in your mouth, and then you can correct me. Do you? Are you saying that a majority of the hobbyists that are purchasing multi rotors are doing so because, in one way or another, they would like to fly them with camera capabilities? Absolutely. Whether it be photography, oh, yes. video, FPV. In other words, if I went and looked at all the people buying multi rotors, very few of them in your mind would be purchasing them without the ultimate intent of putting uh, a camera system on them just to fly them like Any, a plank or like a pod that and buys anything bigger than a phantom, a phantom and above. They're buying the smaller ones uh, and even some of the smaller ones have cameras already built into them. You know, okay, so I, it's definitely, I don't know, it, look, you, you, you buy it, these things are bought, uh, they, they go home and they, they, they're, they're putting a, they've got a scheme, they've got a plan and it may not work out and most times it doesn't. First of all, those people who have no experience in the hobby, they heard about, this on NBC or whatever. And they're like, Oh, I, you know, I don't live in a very populated area. I could probably do something like that. Well, they go get it. They realize it's not as easy as, as it's made to seem it's easy to fly, flying it and getting good pictures. That's a whole nother ball game. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I, I truly believe that most people that, that go to get a multi-rotor, they may not admit it, but I think in the back of their mind, they're thinking that somehow they're going to be able to turn this into not necessarily a business, but maybe some side cash. And there's nothing wrong with that. Okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. The, the, the issue is, you know, kind of focusing back on helicopters is with the increasing sales of these multi-rotors, uh, this not only hurts, I mean, the, the just the, the industry of RC helicopters as one unit and then RC planes as well, because I think the sales... Uh, you know, it's growing rapidly, the multi-rotors. I think it's going to, I think, you know, we we know of it firsthand. Some of our friends that are involved in the hobby uh, on a manufacturing level are starting to focus more on the multi-rotor side of things. Yep. And they're not not disregarding the helicopter stuff. They're not quite as focused on the helicopter stuff. Okay, I see what you're saying. So so let me let me see if I can I can paraphrase or summarize. You're you're saying that there is a there's a concern that as multi rotors grow in popularity for whatever reason, not arguing whether it's for video yeah, or not, it doesn't make a difference. That doesn't make a difference. But as they grow in popularity, there's a, a an increasing potential to I'll call it divert the focus of certain manufacturers companies designers Mm -hmm. suppliers in the pod and boom industry from otherwise putting their efforts towards progressing our technology and you're you nailed it and on top of that the new blood coming into the rc hobby whether it's whatever if they're predominantly going into multi-rotors 
it could eventually lead to only the bigger manufacturers being able to survive, to survive the loss of revenue associated with people not buying helicopters, new people not buying helicopters. I mean, you know, those of us that are in the, we're going to continue to buy helicopters uh, until we can mm-hmm. no longer fly. But they rely not only on us because we're not buying kits, we're buying parts, but these this new blood is 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 migrating more towards uh, multi rotors, and it's it, you know it could possibly affect the smaller guys that we really like, the, you know Charlie Stevens, uh, the, the Synergy, the the smaller manufacturers that don't the have, niche manufacturers or the cult following brands, right? Not you know Align, they're never going to have to worry about it. They got a huge manufacturing capabilities, you know. They can churn out parts a hell of a lot cheaper than most other manufacturers can. Yeah, I I can see that argument. Yeah. I mean that's a that's a valid argument. I at the end of the day, I don't know that there's anything that we can do to fix that no. other than to just kind of sit back and see what companies choose to go in what direction. And you know what? Who knows, dude? It, maybe maybe it's a boom right now in business and sales and maybe it tapers off maybe in two or three years yep. they're going to reach their plateau because let's face it the 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 airframe itself right and the motor and esc technology there's not a lot new that can be done not not dissimilar from pod and boom quite frankly okay props and all that sort of a thing really where the potential for advancement lies is in the control systems as as you well know doing your now now that you work in multi-rotors i bet you could talk for a long time about those details right now most people will run a nasa or something similar but there's a whole hell of a lot more capability out there even now and in another couple of years who knows and it's getting so inexpensive not dj aside dj aside uh, right. I but mean, mm-hmm. but consider this. If if what I'm saying is true and there's not a lot more to do in airframes and motors, at some point that market's got to be saturated just like it is in pod and boom. And so it's almost self-regulating. Most of the company, I'm going to go out on a limb and say most of the companies that I think you're concerned about getting distracted by multi-rotors and not supporting pod and boom are companies that would probably only ever engage in airframe or power system products. And there's only so much room for more airframe and power system products, just like we've got today. So the the guys that are going to go and push the limits, DJI, I don't know, maybe a line, who knows, uh, mm-hmm. or, or some of the smaller, maybe the fly barless companies. Yeah. That's a good argument. Well, I can, I can definitely yeah. tell you from the limited experience that I've learned um, what separates, you know, we're kind of moving into a multi-order discussion. Uh, you know, y- you nailed it. What more can we do, especially for a multi-order frame, right? I mean, what, what more is there to be done? Um, power systems, optimizing power systems for, you know, uh, what you're going to lift, that kind of stuff. But really, really, I think we're the, what separates what what's going to sell and what's not going to sell is the details in the user interface and what specific functions a machine can do. Mm-hmm. That is going to be the distinguishing factor. And, you know, simply right now, 
DJI, I look, I know for a fact they are on top. I don't understand why they're on top because they're very limiting. And if you want the features, you're going to pay out your ass for those features. Yep. Um, there are yep. some very capable systems out there that are very inexpensive that just blow DJI away when it comes to functionality. But the drawback is the user interfaces suck ass. <laughs> you know, they're really- And people who are yep. going to find that out and realize that and migrate towards those systems, Dan, they're probably not the the ones that are going to be focusing on DJI technology, right? Because they're in it for a lot more than what DJI can provide. Well, you know, I don't know because you, some of the, some of the big operators are, are not using DJI. They're using other systems, but a lot of them are, a lot of them are using the DJI stuff. Now it's either here or there. It's very expensive. It looks real great. They got a really nice fit and finish and their user interface is real glossy. But they're features. If you want to use features, you're gonna pay. You're gonna pay. Yeah. You're mm-hmm. gonna pay. Yep. Um, that, that's gonna change. But that's that's either, you know the whole point of this conversation. I think is, you know, what can we do? There's really nothing we can do. It's just kind of a fodder for for conversation. And I also think the, the there is one thing that that we as hobbyists can do. You know, when we do, and it's nothing. It's something that we've always done, all of us. And that's when you do meet somebody new. Do everything in your power to make sure that they have a successful first flight. You know what I mean? When it comes down oh, yeah. to the helicopters, yep. uh, and, and they're getting easier and easier um, to to set up. There's no question there. Fly barless units today make things a hell of a lot easier. But yep, you know it's um, it's encouraging people to try it, and then not only you know, and and this is where I think local hobby shops really drop the ball. You know, they just as soon as you buy it. You walk out the door, that's it. You know, and typically the the salesmen don't know shit about what they're selling you. That's the big one. Yeah, that's the problem. I agree. And they get you into a piece of shit to begin with. You know, they they, they start you out on something that's just going to give you problems. Well, you know, it's it's a tough sell because this is another thing that uh, Finless Bob and I were talking about was, uh, you know, you look back even six years ago. There were, he was talking about in his area, there were, I think he said five or so good local hobby shops mm-hmm. that could actually support their customers and help their customers with their problems. He said, there's like two now. Uh, it, it's dying away. You know, and he, Bob seems, seems to think that there's, it's a cyclical cycle. We're in a downturn in the hobby. Um, and it's, overall, overall. Yeah. Even considering online retailers. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, look at look at just in the last year. You know, we were all surprised when when uh, uh, Ready Heli went down, right? Yeah, uh, that's true. You know, we've got uh, Heli Pros and um, Heli Hol- or Heli Wholesaler closing shop, Miniature Aircraft closing shop. I mean, things are but but in the same sense, all of the companies that are still around are doing better than they've ever done. I mean, look at Synergy. Bodos is is doing amazing. He he, you you don't go and buy the Flying Bee Ranch and set up a new business <laughs> on fifty acres in a downturn, right? Gowie, Gowie. We talked to Bobby about this. They've they've released a new model 
for, you know, the last two years, every three or four months, there's something new coming. Well, out. even yeah. in a downturn, there's always going to be people that do it right. You know, I mean, I mean, it's it. I don't know. I don't know if it's I don't know if that's happening. I don't know. You know, I just you just kind of t- sometimes just you, you take a step back and you look and you, and uh, it feels like it to me, with especially with Ready Hilly going down. And uh, I don't know if it's just a lack of interest in the hobby itself. Uh, personally with these people that are just closing shop, I, I, I really don't know, but you know, I would agree. There's still guys out there doing real well. I do think that, um, I do think that the multi-rotors are taking away, uh, potentially the new blood though. I really do. I really think it's just too easy. It's too easy. It's too easy to walk into a shop. Everyone's got a phantom sitting in their shop. It's already built. Mm-hmm. All you gotta yep. do is plug a battery in, plug it in, fly. And, um, you know, that, that, and that's a whole nother topic. I mean, what does that lead to? That can lead to some horrible things and it. And we see this, I mean, geez, I mean, every so often we'll, we'll hear of some asshat doing some incredibly stupid thing. And the problem with that is, and we've talked about this before and we can beat a dead horse, but one asshat that has no idea. And you mentioned it, no respect for the machines and go and do something stupid like fly his multi-rotor into a hot springs down in Yellowstone at, at, you know clearly after it's been banned to fly multi-rotors in national right. parks mm-hmm. and it just takes one asshat like that yeah. I don't, don't want to make it sound like I, 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 I'm I not anti-multi-rotor obviously you kind of make I'm, a living off I'm, of I'm them balls, so I hope you're not I'm, I'm balls deep in multi-rotors I do you are <laughs> uh, here's an unpopular stance I'm actually thinking that on, a, on the commercial side, we do need some government regulation. I would like to see a purposeful, meaningful entry into the hobby. I would like to see a proficiency. Or the I don't, hobby, I said hobby, not hobby. The commercial side of it. Some type of proficiency uh, to keep guys from going down to the hobby store and buying a $1,000 Phantom and doing something stupid. Uh, some accountability for operators. But but if you say that, aren't you implying that you want the same thing for a pod and boom? Because I can go down to the hobby shop right now and buy a T-Rex 500. That's that's arguably worse than a multi-rotor because I may kill myself or someone else. Yeah, but, but typically no one is going to try to fly their pod and boom in Manhattan over hundreds of thousands of people. Fair point. Yep. No yep. one's going That's to. A good point. No one's going to try to videotape a marathon and fly right over the heads of the runners and and hit somebody in the neck. Typically, when you buy a pod and boom, you're going to do a little bit of research, or you're going to buy one small enough that if you do hit your house, it's not going to do any damage. You're going to buy a 130 and fly it in your yard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're going to be intimidated hopefully by a big machine and um, as you're when you're starting and and you're going to find the proper resources or help to get that done that's not going to happen with a multi-rotor yeah that's what i was just going to tie it back to is that you really learn at least i found you really learn with the heli to respect the machine because spooling that thing up it is intimidating where with flying that little phantom you don't get any of that you don't learn that respect for the machine it doesn't feel Um, dangerous yeah it just you know because it's so stable, you can bring it a foot or two from you, and it's like, oh, look at that. It's like a little butterfly. Wave to the camera. <laughs> It'll <laughs> still hurt you, though. I, well, dude. yeah, but it doesn't feel like it. I mean, when, you're, when, you're, when you see a helicopter and you hear 
even a 500 when you're first new to it and you mm-hmm. hear the power of those blades hitting the air, it makes you step back as a new person. Mm-hmm. A multi-rater doesn't do that. And see, here's, yeah. the, here's the issue too is, all right, so the Phantom, oh, that, that was fun. But look at, oh man, look at this, look at this, uh, look at this Kraken 130 with, with eight motors, eight 19 inch props. Dude, I could totally lift my video camera with that. And I gotta, t- I gotta tell you, I've, I've flown one. Mm-hmm. It's quieter than a, than a, flame wheel five fifty. Right. Because those blades are spinning so much slower, it just hums. Right. And it feel, it does not feel dangerous. It it feels docile. Mm-hmm. It feels, it's like, <laughs> let's like we talk about Yellowstone. Every year, people are mauled by a buffalo because they kind of look like cows standing out there. Oh, jeez. You know okay. what I mean? Fair point. Fair point. You know, they're like, oh, look at it. It's yeah. just standing there. Just, so you know. cute. And then they get a horn up their ass. And they get and a then, horn up their ass. Yeah. And so you buy somebody that's not experienced and doesn't have that respect uh, for what that machine... And that machine could kill you, that that big octocopter. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so... it. They start doing stupid shit with it. They take it down to the local park and, you know, they fly over the kids playing volleyball because they have no respect for the hobby. That's why, on a, for a commercial basis, and again, this that's hobby. I mean, that, you know, when it comes to hobbies, I think the government should, you know, stay the hell away. For people who are planning on doing something commercially, I'm not in favor of the government coming in and, and creating some bureaucracy, but... I would be totally in favor of some type of proficiency. Mm-hmm. You know, let, 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 let's, you need to prove to me that, that you have an understanding of what these machines are capable of, that you mm-hmm. can handle the machine, that you know how to fly it. Uh, you know what to do when something goes wrong and, and you understand where yeah. you should and shouldn't fly it. And I, I honestly don't think it would take much to weed out a fair number of people. I don't, I don't think it would. I Unfortunately. Even think- you know, I doubt that they're going to do anything like a proficiency because, frankly, let's face it, this is all about money, right? But even if they, even if there were some type of licensure involved, that's going to weed out a fair amount of people. Yeah, it just it makes me nervous. It, I hear well, I what agree. you're saying. I agree. It does make me nervous uh, as well. I, I mean, if it could be done correctly, it might make sense, but it can't i'm gonna go ahead and say leave my hobby alone (laughs) i would agree just let me you know but here's the deal dude it's it's gonna happen it the technology it cannot be stopped it's a disruptive technology it's it's very much like it's very much like the internet in 1991 1992 there is no stopping it i don't you can't do it it's too late Uh, i don't care what the government does i don't care what they say I don't care if they tell everybody it's illegal and we're going to find you like crazy. They are not going to stop it. And mainly because every other every other government in the world is embracing the technology and coming up with standards. They, they've got standards in place and, and they're, they understand they're not going to stop it. I don't know. I don't know. understand what's up the FAA's ass on this, but it is what it is. <laughs> uh. I, w, I, I, bitches. <laughs> I I W I. I don't know. Interesting conversation. And if any of our listeners have any input, by all means, let us know. You know, put it on Facebook, send us an email. 
Uh, yeah, and beyond that, dude, I I really liked it because I know we've got a lot of listeners out there that they fly pod and boom, but they also fly multi rotor, mm-hmm. and I, I'd like to hear what are you using it for? Is it is it mostly video? Be, is that what your intent is, and, or are you actually flying this thing around because you're enjoying it? And be honest, because let's face it, if you fly helicopters, I am not gonna believe you if you tell me you're flying a multi rotor for fun. <laughs> I just am not. Now let me. There, there are exceptions, and I can, I can understand. There are two exceptions that I could possibly believe. Uh, I know we make fun of the Stingray. I get it. I can understand why it would be fun to put an FPV camera on that and do some pylon racing or some other type of racing through obstacle courses. I get that. That could, I could see the fun potential. The Sky Hero Y6. I get that. Those are fast, amazing machines. I get, you know. Those are relatively mm-hmm. new, and let's face it, though, I, I I just don't think those are selling compared to the workhorses. I don't think there's, you know, I have nothing to back that up. It's just my gut feeling. But how many, you know, stingrays do you see just happily having fun down at the field, typically? Not many. One. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's Reyes. It's Reyes. It's Reyes. <laughs> Reyes and George. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> oh yeah, inverdicts too. That's right. And Sorry, I forgot about the inverdicts. Yep, yep. And you know, and I don't know. I, I didn't fly one. I was kind of hoping to get my ch- get a chance to fly one at Urcha, but I, I just I never really pursued it. But uh, even those, I think I would get bored with fairly quick. So be honest when you're telling us why you're using it seriously, because we, I, I hear it all the time, guys. I hear it all the time listeners contact me they you know what their plans are you know i get it and there's nothing wrong with that because i typically think that if anybody's going to go out and try to make something of a multi-rotor platform uh, to make a little cash on the side it's going to be somebody in the hobby that's going to respect that machine and do what's right yep so agreed uh, it's, it's not a judgment i don't i don't necessarily think that you're a bad person because you're wanting to do something to make a little cash with your multi-rotor, but you can't bullshit a bullshitter. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's got to be uh, one listener out there oh, I'm sure. that just purely enjoys just flying think... their multi-rotor How around. can that be? I, I hear you, dude, but I re- I'm feeling like you're taking a really strong position on this, and I bet you you're going to be surprised. Maybe I am, and I, I'm, I'm okay yeah. with that. I'm okay with that. Now, are you accepting? Your, it sounds like you're accepting stingrays and invertixes. I'm not. I invertices. mean. Because <laughs> why are you going to put a camera? On, well, I guess on stingray, but on the invertix, that's just flying for fun. Yeah, but let's be honest. You get one, you put four or five packs through it, I'll bet you it ends up on the shelf. Mm. Ooh. I don't know, man. Mm. There are a lot of people that like that thing. Yeah, they pull Look it out. Look at John. Yeah, and when John does, loves his inverdicts. Dude, John pulls out his inverdicts when there's other people around to fly it. <laughs> <laughs> He's supporting Bobby. And that's all right. My opinion. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, I like it. Good conversation. (laughs) I'm sure it'll raise a few feathers, but that's all right. (laughs) That's what we do. Uh, Mm -hmm. So, Justin, I, you know, we had, uh, I couldn't help but notice, um, of course, you did the uh, OptiPower review. 
Fantastic yes. review. Uh, we were giving you shit about Thank it. Well, you. I was anyway. But I was kidding. You know, it was a good review. Very mm-hmm. thorough as typical of your reviews. But I noticed that um, when you posted that on Facebook, man, it struck. And first of all, the first thing, not only from the content, but the demeanor. When do you see conversations that are legitimate, respectful conversations on the internet? Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, it was amazing. It was a fantastic. <laughs> and that goes to show you the caliber of our listeners. First and foremost. I agree completely. Um, yeah, I I mean I've gotten an overwhelming response from, you know, both the verbal and the written review in the last 2 weeks. All very positive, uh, you know, compliments. Thank you all for the kind words and and for the interest because we're interested in the stuff. We're all big nerds, so it's cool to see that there are other people out there that are similarly interested. The the thing that I I kind of want to go over as a follow on here and, and, you know, uh, it's not going to take a long time. It could, it depends on how much of a conversation we get into, but there are a lot of people that were really stuck on what is brand X. And, and as I explained in the verbal review, the point of doing a brand X was not to keep people in the dark. That's not the point. Okay. Okay. Uh, the point of Brand X was the fact that I was reviewing OptiPower packs and comparing those to another brand, I thought, at least at the time, would take away from the value of the review as a whole because I wanted to focus on the OptiPower packs. Now, a- as you pointed out, Dan, we've had a lot of good conversation, in particular on our Facebook wall. And a lot of it has surrounded this uncertainty on brand X. And, and there, there are a number of guys and some of the, the more notable ones, Dave Micah and Kenny Fong had really good, really well thought out logical discussions and arguments uh, on the Facebook wall. A couple of other people got in on it. Uh, as I said on the Facebook wall, and as you just mentioned, Dan, we definitely appreciate that level of, of conversation. You could tell people are passionate about the topic and they're remaining professional. It's it's not becoming dirty and personal. It's it's just a couple of people going back and forth. Uh, the, the main the main topic was surrounding how do I know whether it makes sense for me to go and buy another set of packs versus the opties from a price standpoint? Okay, I don't know what brand X is, so I don't know whether it's worth it. Um, It's 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 really it's a tough question to answer because it it all depends on what you're doing with the batteries, what your flying style is. And some people may find that the difference between brand X and OptiPower, in, in in my particular case, being approximately four to five C at peak apparent C rating, may not may not make a big difference. In fact, I'd I'd go as far as to argue that most people it shouldn't make a big difference. In my case, it does because we're talking about speed. We won't go into that detail anymore. You know exactly what I mean by that. Mm-hmm. But for me, it is worth spending extra money on a pack that I know is going to perform better. Okay. Um, 
the, the brand X batteries that I used drum roll, please. And I already, I said it on Facebook. So if you've already read it, it's not going to be a surprise, but brand X packs were the pulse 5,000 milliamp hour, six S's 45 C. Okay. Uh, two of them in series as a 12 S stick. In fact, it is the pulse 12 S stick. I didn't do the, the stick build myself. It came that way. Uh, those are brand X. I also flew spider 5,300 30 C six and Jen's ace 5,300 C and 60C 6S packs alongside pulse and OptiPower. And I, I didn't put all that data down. For, uh, for one, it's going to cloud things. And for two, I didn't take as comprehensive data on the other packs as I did on these two. The reason for that was because the other packs didn't perform as well as these two did. Uh, in, in sort of top level rough numbers, we were looking at the OptiPower 50 C's coming in at eight uh, at 38 C max. The pulses coming in at about 34, 35 C which is still awesome, by the way, guys, just just to be clear, the difference between 38 and 35 or 34 C is only another 15 or 20 amps continuous between the OptiPower and the Pulse. And when you consider that 99% of the people out there aren't hammering their batteries to the point where they're pulling 150 to 200 amps for 10 or 12 seconds at a time, you start to think that that 15 or 20 amps doesn't make a big difference, but that's for you guys to decide. Um, the spiders came in as number three behind the pulse and the OptiPowers. They were nailed perfectly at 30 C discharge rating with all the data that I took. And, and that's actually kind of interesting because if you go back several episodes, you remember we interviewed David Gray from progressive RC, right? Mm -hmm. And what did he tell us? He said that they do massive amounts of quality control and testing on their spider packs and they sell them as a true 30 C and the pack that I have lived up to that. The gens aces that I had ranged in C rating from about 20 to 25 on packs that were name plated at 30 and 60. Okay. Uh, those were the worst of the bunch, uh, both the 5,300 30Cs and 60Cs. And I even had a set of 35C 4,400 milliamp hour packs. Uh, so that's kind of the spread there. That's what it looks like. I'm not going to put that data up in the existing review because I think that the point still stands between brand X being pulse and OptiPower. Um, whether or not you think it's of value to spend the extra money to get the extra C rating, though, comes back to how you're going to use the packs. So for, I, I, I'm curious what you guys think. What are your thoughts? Well, you know, what I take out of all this is um, I'm more inclined, uh, based on what you've just said, uh, to buy spider packs. And the reason is truth in advertising. Okay. That, and I, and that I think that's a fair me. point. That mm -hmm. appeals to me in all kinds of, nothing feels more 
deceiving than, than labeling a pack 60 C trying to make me pay more for a pack or, uh, make me think I'm getting something I'm not and have it not be that, mm-hmm. that, that feels deceiving to me. And then, and, for- and I think that'll strike a chord with a lot of people, Dan. I think there are a lot of people out there that would feel the same way. Yeah. Then I, I kind of look at it from, okay. So the Opti powers ultimately did have the highest C rating. And so for me, I look at how many cycles am I going to get out of this battery and how is it going to you know, basically pay for itself with how long I get to fly and enjoy the pack. So even you know, with the OptiPower having that high C rating, when that does start to taper off, it's going to be able to drop quite a bit before it's even at the level of the other packs. Um, so I feel like you're going to be able to fly it for more cycles, which in the end holds more value for me. Yeah, and and in fact, Jesse, you know, the data that I put up showed that it did drop quite drastically, actually, from about 38 down to 30, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, it, what you're saying is basically if I took a lesser pack and I projected a similar drop, now I'm dropping from maybe 34 or 35 down to, to below 30. Or, yeah, 27. Okay, and so that that's a good point. Uh, generally speaking, the expectation would be that the better the pack performs over its main life, the longer you're going to get out of it as long as it's not abused. Mm-hmm. Uh, and once it does get to its end of life state, it's still not going to be nearly as bad as a lesser pack. But, you know, again, I want to emphasize the fact that in order to say with confidence any of these pack brands uh, are good or bad requires statistics and we don't have it. I tested one set of OptiPower packs, yep. one set of pulses, one set of spiders, three sets of Gen Zace. Even the three sets of Gen Zace coming in with bad numbers, in my honest opinion, as an engineer who is driven by data, who lives by data, who gets paid by data, that's not statistically significant yet. So I need 50 more Gen Zace packs and I want to test them all because I got people out there that are telling me my Gen Zace packs kick ass. Okay. So who knows? And, and maybe eventually we'll get an OptiPower or a pulse pack that doesn't work all that well. Case in point, 6S Pulses, awesome packs. I'll still fly them, even after having picked up and tested the Optis as being better than them. Well, guess what? I went and bought a set of 7S Pulses for my 14S setup on the Goblin Speed. (laughs) They're horrible. (laughs) They're absolutely horrible. They do not stand up to the loads like my 6S Pulses do. I mean, they droop significantly under load and at currents that the 6S pack would have been able to hold a lot better in proportion to its base voltage. Hmm. So who knows? I don't know. Maybe I just got a bum pack or a bum set of packs there, but it's, it's, it's just hard to say the, the other thing I wanted to address just briefly. And we, we talked about this in the Facebook post as well. I, I know you guys know this, but sometimes it, it, you know, things can get clouded. This, the review was shining on, on OptiPower and the fact that they are doing well compared to Brand X. That in no way has anything to do with people at 
RCHN's association with that company. Okay. There are a couple of listeners that rightfully pointed out, hey, well, some of the crew are sponsored by OptiPower, mainly Nick and Dieter. And those those two pickups on that team are very recent. Okay. I've been testing the packs since April. I am not sponsored by OptiPower. I'm not sponsored by any battery manufacturer. And quite frankly, I don't want to be because with speed being as demanding on packs as it is, if I'm stuck in one brand and they shit the bed on a run of packs, I can't go and (laughs) then get another good pack to keep things going smoothly. So, uh, you know, it, it had nothing to do with that. It was a completely independent review. Uh, our, the companies that come to us for reviews come to us because they know we're going to do a good job. We're going to be thorough and data driven, and we're not afraid to say what the cons are as well as the pros. And, and I think that's really what makes a manufacturer is being able to admit that there's no such thing as a perfect product. So and let me add, let me add d- to that. Yeah, please uh, do something you I don't know if you guys are even aware of this. You, you might be. Um, way back in the beginning, uh, we did do before, uh, OptiPowers were available in the United States, Andrew sent, uh, me and Rob both some packs to try out, not necessarily review, but just try out. And, um, I got a couple sets of, uh, flight packs and a couple sets of, uh, uh, RX packs. Mm-hmm. Now, and this was admittedly, and I think Nick mentioned this, or maybe it was you. Uh, the you know, I didn't like them, and I won't fly OptiPowers because of it. Uh, oh yeah, you had some pretty bad yeah. experiences. Yeah. Uh, and I think OptiPower even came out eventually and said, "Hey, yeah, those first sets of packs we were doing, those didn't work out all that well." Yeah, and, it, and the reason I bring that up is because. Uh, you know, we're not, it's, it just doesn't make any sense uh, for me to bring something like that up in fear of, uh, offending, uh, anybody at OptiPower because Mm -hmm. I don't care. It's just the way it was. That was my experience. And that's what, that's what it boils down to. Yeah. That's what happened. And, And, uh, and just the same Dan, as uh, this was another thing that people brought up. Well, what happened about what happened with Gen Zace? Jen's Ace was an advertiser for the show. Okay. And I want to, I want to clarify advertiser, not sponsor. When we use the word sponsor, we're referring to personal sponsorships of Nick or Dan or Jesse or Justin, a company that's chosen to sponsor that individual for their personal involvement, not having anything to do with RCHN. RCHN offers a product, which is called advertising. And we advertised for Gen Zace. And we did so because just like all the other stuff that we do, we, we're not going to stand behind something or, or pitch to our listeners something that we can't stand behind. Mm-hmm. And at the time of that sponsorship, Gen Zace was putting out good packs and they were doing so consistently. But as we've talked about in recent months or year or so, not only had the pack quality been declining, as evidenced by our own personal experiences and those of the listeners, but also the availability of packs was declining. 
And so, as we said a couple of shows ago, we made the decision to part ways because we got to the point where we were no longer able to stand behind that product honestly. Yep. And 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 so now we have a situation where we have OptiPower experience from Dan that says early on the pack sucked. And on the other hand, we're coming back and saying the new pack seemed to work pretty darn well, at least based on this review. Yep. So it's a fluid thing. It's always evolving. And uh, we absolutely 100% appreciate you guys, uh, you know, chiming in and feeling strongly enough about these things to ask the questions. We never mind those questions at all. Absolutely. Don't beat around the bush. Yep. Yeah. We're not hiding anything. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Except for Justin's real sexual identity. Well... Yeah, and and unfortunately, that doesn't have anything to do with batteries. No. So that'll have to be in another review entirely. <laughs> it's another podcast entirely. Another podcast. <laughs> but but before we move on, Dan, I, I do want to I want to send something out there to challenge the listeners, and and I'm I'll judge whether it's worthwhile to actually go through with based on the number of responses I get in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we talked about the importance of statistics specifically when it comes to being able to say something objective and data-driven about the quality of a product. I'm going to continue testing batteries just as I always have. And quite frankly, I believe I've identified an ideal real-world platform, and that is the Speed Heli, uh, much better than a 3D Heli, uh, and also generally much safer than doing the industry level discharging that they do on the bench and this is what the battery companies do I, I i don't think that's safe for us to do and quite frankly it's not real world so i don't care much about what it tells me but if you guys want to get involved let me know and we can start establishing some guidelines by which you can do the testing so we've got apples to apples data and maybe we put something up in our forums where people can post data. It's not been it's not this is the first time it's it's not the first time this has been done. There's been a similar thread on RC groups uh, for years, but I think we can bring something new to the picture. So let me know if you guys are interested. Are you sure you're done? Because, man, we're creeping up on three hours here. I'm good, dude. <laughs> let's let's close this uh, close this, this baby out imagine how long this would be if nick was here man maybe it's a good thing he a four-hour show yeah Jeez. i think we should do now dan like a max three hosts at so. any given show <laughs> just yeah. to be careful <laughs> well maybe um maybe we should do some emails what do you think i how, like it how about if we uh justin tell us how we'd get in touch with you you could get in touch with me at Justin at RCHellyNation.com or catch me on Facebook as Justin Pucci. How about you, Jesse? Uh, you could send me an email at Jesse at RCHellyNation.com or catch me on Facebook as well. If you wanted to send something to Nick, you could catch him at Nick at RCHellyNation.com. He's also on Facebook all the time. I'm Dan. You can reach me at Dan at RCHellyNation.com. Dan K. Reed on the forums. Um, uh, like to invite you guys to check out our Facebook, uh, also to our forum. Uh, always people chatting in there at the at the homepage. Um, uh, so check it. That didn't come out quite right, did it? It felt awkward. It felt strange. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. It felt uh, <laughs> unnatural. And the- <laughs> <laughs> so I'd invite you guys, if you were so inclined, to check out our Facebook page. That that is, uh, I'm just impressed with how that, organically that's been growing lately. Uh, I think we're somewhere 3,700. 30, 30, Somewhere in there, mm-hmm. thirty-seven. Yeah, thirty-seven. Let's somewhere see, in there, thirty-seven thirty. Yeah. So, Jeez. thank you for your support on Facebook. Uh, if you wanted to check out our homepage, you can chat with other like-minded individuals. Uh, always people hanging out in there. Uh, let's see. Uh, citizen cards continue to be distributed on a very timely basis. Thank you, Ken, for yeah. heading that up. If you have any questions about that. You should address those straight to Ken because it's uh, you're cutting out a middleman that could potentially slow things down for you, and that's uh, Ken at rchillynation.com. If you're wanting to get uh, some stuff for your event, uh, send that email to Dieter at Dieter at rchillynation.com. Uh, you can put stuff up on our calendar. And I do think that about wraps this one up, guys. This has been episode 154. We sure hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we've enjoyed making it. Have a good week, guys. We'll see you next Monday. Later, guys. Have a good week. No more no flying. This has been a production of RC Heli Nation LLC and is brought to you by KDE Direct, Soco Heli Tools, Progressive RC, Blade Helicopters, BK Servos, Revelectrics USA, and Rotary Wing RC. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please feel free to send us an email. I-W-I-I, bitches. <laughs>